Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. This week, it's season five, episode five, Dead Freight. Indeed. Indeed. Do we have any news up front this we, week? We don't. I just realized no. when you said the title, though, we have not been playing the name game. We haven't. There's always three layers to that, isn't I, there? I'm going to write that down at the end so we can play it. All right. Well, we'll try to come up with three. I don't know that I can this week, but uh, we'll see. All right. Well, so no, no news, no events. No Let's news is good news. Oh, I want right to, I want to throw out that. Um, so I'm going to be in Seattle this. Uh, in the, I think it's the weekend of the 30th. It's, okay. Well, I think the Labor Day weekend uh, for PAX Prime, the Penny Arcade Expo, mm-hmm. and I'll be there with uh, Jesse and Eric from Personal Arrogance. And I just want to put that out there that any listener uh, wants to shoot me an email at Breaking Good. At baldmove.com. Um, let me know if you want to get together for some beers or, you know, just hang out at the con. And uh, hopefully this That's won't... That's a bald move. Yeah, hopefully this won't <laughs> blow up in my face. Yeah, you could be... Hopefully I won't show up dead in the ditch. Uh-huh. In the whatever sound. Sleeping Puget with the sound. Yeah. yeah, sleeping with those fishes. Impaled on the spike of the Space Needle. <laughs> That's quite an effort. It's like something out of Chronicle. <laughs> What? Yeah, remember that movie Chronicle? No. Uh, where the kids get superpowers or whatever it was called? No, I didn't see that. You yeah, told me yeah. it sucked, so I stayed home. Yeah, it, it was all right. Way to like, reference a movie you told me to stay away from, Jim, you dick. <laughs> it sucks. Audience, don't see it. All right. I'm going to get so much shit for saying that sucks. A lot of people liked it. Oh, well, anyway, like I said, this is not I don't a have Chronicle an cast. Yeah. This is a Breaking Bad cast. Let's get into the recap, right? You, do you, have, you said the episode was not that good, so I didn't bother watching it. <laughs> Hey, hey, let's not mislead the audience. No, I like this. This episode was yeah, fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, one of the better episodes of the series. Oh, I, get out of town. Best of season five, easily. No, 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 no. What? No, I think the episode before this was better. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. You're not talking about episode three, are you? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I thought this one was pretty good. Um Definitely not the best of the series. Or the- no, but I think maybe top five. Mm, that's that's like a five. Man. It's barely cracking top. That's five. stretching. What's better? Uh, Crawl space, space is much better. Off. Fly is much better. Box cutter. Face off. Box cutter. So right. assuming you can't name even one more, <laughs> then it's in the top five. Uh, peekaboo. peekaboo. I love Peekaboo. Yeah. That's a good one. Fair enough. And the pilot. The pilot's fantastic. Oh, pilot is good. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, let's get to the recap. What would you give it, just on a Breaking Bad scale? Uh, I give it a solid seven and a half. Really? Yeah. Gosh, I'm going eight. I'm going eight and a half. I give it a seven eight and a half, half trending to five. the or, music. <laughs> eight and a half trending to nine. Because the music was so good. It was good. Like, the score in this was pretty freaking awesome. And that's how we opened the... I don't have the title of that track, because, uh-huh. you know... Who, who's the uh, uh, score writer for this? Dave Porter. Dave Porter. Yeah. 
So um, good work there, Dave. Uh, can I say that we actually are going to be interviewing Dave Porter in a couple weeks? Get out. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, so anybody that has any questions that they'd like to have answered about the score, about the music in Breaking Bad, definitely write into us and let us know, and hopefully we can ask. I have a feeling this is going to turn into like a Chris Farley interview. What do you mean? You know that that one song you wrote for that one train heist? Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we begin with a boy, a bike, and a tarantula. Were you thinking getting like a Jesse flashback vibe? I had a couple people on no, Facebook. No, I wasn't. Was that me then? It was definitely you. Okay, because I, I yeah. thought it was you that had the said that. Is that Jesse? No, I young that was Jesse? you. Okay. That's pretty sure. Uh, you didn't get that vibe at all. I didn't, no. I was one... I was... Looking at this, going, what does this have to do with Breaking Bad? Uh, same here. Yeah. And then we were talking, and you came up with a pretty good theory. Yeah, I thought that, okay, so maybe this was just put in purely for some foreshadowing and some, some art. Um, yeah, some, some, some cool symb- Symbolic imagery. Uh, because this is a beautiful episode. They it's, really made yeah. love to New Mexico with that those cameras. Yeah, some really good landscape shots yes. of the desert and and the the motorbike cam was pretty uh-huh. good too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of cams. We had bike cam, we had mm-hmm. train cam, we had horn cam. <laughs> uh, but back to the kid, I felt like uh, when I was watching it, you know, you see this tarantula which for the desert, you know, it's like the apex predator of the insect world. Sure. Not a lot of things I don't think eat tarantulas. Yeah. And it's walking along, strutting its badass self in the desert and thinks it's hot shit. Mm-hmm. And then some power that is bigger than it can comprehend or understand or even get its, you know, legs around, just scoops it up, throws it in a glass thing, and there it is. Yep. Completely trapped in prison. There's nothing it can do about it. I thought that was a good you know maybe parable for how walt is feeling that he's feeling invincible and he's the biggest baddest guy on the block and there is some unseen thing that's going to bring him down and can we can i just say there are a lot of prison references in this oh yeah episode and we'll get to those later in some of the other scenes but one other obvious one is skylar one other thought from alex on facebook he said what if the tarantula or what if metaphorically walt is the kid who has skylar the spider trapped in his bottle yeah they certainly make mention of that or maybe jesse is todd and will finally kill walt uh, by leaving or by leaving but leaving skylar still trapped with what she has done or maybe holly's the kid <laughs> mike is the spider and the jar of salt uh and also, I thought it was interesting, I didn't catch this even on multiple rewatches, but Justin from Facebook said, uh, when you rewatch the episode, at the very end, uh, in the opening scene where the kid's scooping up the tarantula, you can mm-hmm. hear a train whistle in the background. Yes. Yeah, so it I all caught that immediately. It ties it all together, yeah. and I really like that. Now, did you, were you constantly thinking of this opening scene no, throughout the episode? Not at all. And it actually shot, it surprised me at the end when he came back too. and he was there and even though i should have made that connection well i remember i actually tried to keep it in mind because i'm like uh-huh. this isn't breaking bad i this is significant and yeah. i held it like you know through the first two commercial breaks like when are we going to get back to the kid <laughs> uh-huh. and then once the high sequence started like just from the planning i got so wrapped up in that yes that i f- forgot completely about the kid so next scene we see hank settling into his office do you think he looks happy uh, eh, not really. The correct answer was reasonably. <laughs> reasonably. 
I thought actually I do because um, I called last week that he wasn't really that jazzed about the promotion, uh-huh. but I kind of feel like he was really digging it this episode. Oh yeah, between the Is him, he on a power trip. Well, not a power trip, but just satisfied with his position and. Uh, it does sound like that even he's admitting that, you know, his days of chasing, you know, bad guys is over, which probably bodes well for Walt. But he does seem satisfied in this scene and later when he's bouncing Holly on his knee, he does seem to kind of like really like being yeah. in, in this new role. So uh, huh. anyway, you didn't get that vibe? Uh, no, I was paying more attention once Walt walked in. Oh, but uh yeah. Walt so speaking of him, scene. Agent Gomez brings Walt, uh, and uh, you know Hank mentions the watch. Mm-hmm. How much longer do you think Hank's going to be able to look the other way on all this expensive stuff? I don't know, man. It seems like he's spending too much money for a car wash millionaire. Well, I mean, you know? you're talking in the last month mm-hmm. about Showtime. He has bought a car wash. Two cars. Two new cars. And again, they're leased. Mm-hmm. And what obviously is an expensive watch. I'm I'm not much for like watches and how expensive those are, but I don't know either. He's dressing noticeably flashier. Oh yeah. Um so I just feel like that surely one of these days he's gonna notice. I don't know. I mean, if Hank hasn't noticed by now, when is Hank gonna notice? Well, there was what a- is it gonna take? Somebody on Facebook alerted me to the fact that he was interviewed by Terry Gross on NPR's Fresh Air. Okay. And, uh, just recently. And he said that, you know, because he, he's played a cop a lot and he's, you know, got amassed a lot of cop buddies. And mm-hmm. he says that these police officers kind of like make their living on reading people and yeah. getting a beat on people. And he's known Walt for how many of these years? That's true. You know. A long time. And he's this milk toast like that image and his yeah, confidence in his ability to read people, it's yeah. going to take a much longer time for him to warm up to than if he like if he just walked up on Walt now, he might have him. Yeah, I But he's got to overcome that residual image of Walt uh-huh. as the broken down school teacher. Well, they made a really good decision uh, a couple episodes ago, for uh, Hank to say he didn't he didn't see Walt cheating, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, of course, he, Walt never did, mm-hmm. um, but he he thought he had at the time. So that shows that he didn't totally judge Walt's character correctly, you know. Right, and, and that he was surprised by something that Walt uh, theoretically had done. Right, and you also have to th- remember that we've got the hindsight of seeing all this unfold. Yes. So, of course, it's all obvious to us because we've already made the connections. We've watched them unfold. You know, you yeah. got to think of, of Hank's place. Yeah, Hank has seen none of what we've seen. Uh, so, speaking of Hank and Walt, uh, I like how Walt uses tears here the way cops use tear gas just to, like, clear the friggin' room. <laughs> yeah, he does. He just drove him away. Yeah. Uh, I initially thought this was totally genuine no. from Walt. I thought, oh, man, he's having a breakdown. You don't think there was any of that in there? Oh, yeah. I okay. think right. I think like the any kind of really effective lie yeah. or acting for that matter, which is what lying is, uh, involve you have to use a kernel of of the the truth. Sure, and uh, there was an interview with uh, 
Anna Gunn on the AMCTV.com where they're talking about how she gets into character, like when she had that nervous breakdown with uh, Marie. Marie. Yep. Yeah, where like she listens to like all these songs that are like sad songs and you know songs about breaking up and to, to get into this hmm. emotional state. So you have to have some kind of you know real center. Yeah, uh, to yeah. pull this kind of stuff off, and I also there's a lot of people on Facebook that kind they kind of call bullshit on Walt's acting ability. Oh no no no! Uh, no, I feel like they've really done this, a legit job of building him up to this. Yeah, agreed completely. And this was the perfect thing to do to Hank because mm-hmm. he knows Hank has no tolerance for emotion of any kind, especially when displayed by his brother-in-law. So. Clearing the room with him crying was per- – Hank couldn't wait to get out of that yeah, room. The, the only- like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Let me get out of the room quick. all, no, 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 He's reduced yeah. to like some staccato stuttering machine gun approach. <laughs> yeah. So totally effective. <laughs> uh, and, and a good lie also when he, he was talking about the shrink. Right. Oh, I, I can't remember the guy's last name. Don't know why, but – that, that way, Hank can't follow up on it. You know? Exactly, doesn't Perfect. give him anything, and yeah. and uh, and the stuff he's saying that you know, Skylar doesn't love me anymore. She says I'm a bad father. All yeah. that stuff is true. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I thought that you know, it's almost like a talented Mr. Ripley esque performance here. As soon as he comes, as soon as Hank leaves the door, the room, uh-huh. he instantly snaps in. You know, Bugs computer, Bugs a picture frame, and then yeah. when Hank comes back in, that beat. Um, that kind of like, it, it almost, it, have you seen Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a scene where Dracula, the shaves, uh, Keanu Reeves, he shaves Neo and he like cuts him and he like licks the blood off and goes like, <laughs> you know, like he's, he's, he's like just <laughs> sure. having his like pleasurable moments. I uh-huh. thought that looked like Walt's face. Like, you know, when he got it done just as Hank and he already had manipulated a frame uh-huh. into position, like he's going to uh-huh. play it off. Like he's just looking at their family. Yeah. He looks so fucking self-satisfied. Like, yeah, he almost Walt. had a ligasm. Uh, yeah, Walt's ego, man. When he can deceive people and mm-hmm. he, his plans come to fruition, that's when he's at his best, his happiest. So, are we concerned that Walt has left fingerprints all over these devices? <laughs> Not really. Really? Nah. Do you think he's going to come back in and, and retrieve them later? Yeah, I do think he will. Um, do you think it's a little too pat that not only did Hank flee the room, but he also conveniently closed all the blinds? What would Walt have done if he'd just been like, let me go get you coffee? Do you, I mean, do, does Walt know Hank so well that he could predict all that stuff happened? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this was an attempt, and I think if it hadn't gone according to plan, he wouldn't have done it, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, he goes in there, Hank doesn't close the blinds, leaves the room, he's not going to tr- plant anything. All right. He's going to try to come up with another idea. One thing, you know, we talked about his evolving lying skills. Kimberly on Facebook said that she thought that his improved acting skills are because he's become immoral. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have yeah. his moral core holding him back uh, any longer. So now yeah. he doesn't even tell necessary lies. He just, these are all kind of expedients. Because, so, he, you know, he wasn't, like, bugging himself to save his own life or anything. This, this was basically a sting on Lydia. Yeah, and probably it's going to come in handy in the future too. Oh, when, definitely. Uh, so let's. What was he planting there? So he definitely planted a bug where he can hear all the audio in his office, but right. he also planted 
something on his Ethernet cable, which right. I assume intercepts like emails and IMs. And well, see, I was thinking when I watched it because uh, we kind of migrated something similar bef- before uh, I left my last company to a voice over IP system. Okay, whether it's all where it's all Ethernet based. Gotcha. So he's everything he's saying on the phone. So the picture frame is like just eavesdropping on his office, and the other thing intercepts the phone. But you're right; it could also be you know a packet sniffer, key logger, key logger all that yeah, kind of stuff. anything. It's battery powered though, so. I can't imagine it's going to last very uh, long because yeah. he actually switched something on. It's true, and that didn't look like uh, you know power over Ethernet gear. Anyway, no, no, it didn't. <laughs> moving on to uh, the scene with Lydia being interrogated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this scene. It's a great Mike scene where he basically chains her to this desk. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know where she's at, so you kind of wonder like. You know, we we don't know how she got here, whether he, like, you know, chloroformed her or what. Yeah. Uh, And he pulls out a script and said, you're going to read this. And if you don't do exactly right, I'm going to pull out my pistol and I'm going to shoot you in the head. Mm -hmm. Um, He said that several times, which did you see any kind of foreshadowing in retrospect on the second time through? Uh no, I just, think he's just, just making a point. Well, just how nonchalant like, I'm going to pull out my pistol and shoot you in the head, which is exactly what Todd did at the end of the episode. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's there. Yeah. Um, so, so this is this is Walt's plan unfolding, right? Like we, I had speculated last episode that Walt had a plan because Jesse comes out and says, I think you're oh, right. I, like your idea. I was resistant to that, but I think, that, I think this is Walt's plan unfolding, especially since it seemed like he took a leadership. He took point on it. You know, yeah, at yeah. that one point, the two men were excused and he was talking to Lydia. Yep. Right. Um, you know, it turns out, uh, it's the Houston office of the DEA. And we wondered about how, how far Hank's reaches yeah. as, you know, the district, uh, it seems like the Houston guys report to him. Yeah. They yeah, were pretty he, subservient to him, and he was pretty, you know, treated him like lackeys. They also did something pretty stupid. They so did. They just felt like dumbasses. I, I don't know, but I just got the scene like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm really sorry there. You know, I, I just felt yeah, like yeah. that maybe this region does encompass Houston, which would be a pretty big geographic area. It might, yeah. Um, so that's a problem. This this illustrates a problem with, of the lack of due process in criminal organizations. You know, I was like, Mike was just going <laughs> to whack Lydia. Yeah. On a hunch. For yeah. There yeah. was you know, it's like I was convinced that he was right. Me too. And he was dead wrong. What does that say about you, Aaron? I know. Well, I'd be <laughs> one of them, but I just kind of marvel when I watch stuff like this and like The Godfather and The Wire, where like yeah. all these people just die based on, you know, people's gut feelings. Well, I gotta say, this was I was glad that it didn't turn out to be Lydia because that seemed too cliched to me. Like Oh, the the guy instantly knows exactly what's up, and he's going to go out and kill the person for it. Like you said, that happens all the time in the gangster flicks, and and it just seemed like that happens too often. Plus, so when it turned out that it wasn't her, I was kind of glad. Yeah, and I'm going to blow your mind here, but oh, no. I've actually kind of come around to Lydia. Okay. I, I've, I've, I, yeah. As of this episode, I've started to enjoy her character. She's all right. Uh, she's still a little twitchy and and uneven for me. Yeah, but... She doesn't belong in this gang of cool, calm thugs, you know? There was some some speculation. I can't remember where I saw it or read it, but that people think that she's going to... That Walt's going to cut Mike out of the gang in favor of Lydia? 
She's got no muscle. She's got no muscle and no really organizational skills on this type of level. I mean, she's got yeah. some very useful information, mm-hmm. but you know, th- I guess it begs the question of how useful is she at this point now? I mean, they've got their ocean uh, of methylene, although it's going to be, we're going to talk about that, speculate probably at the end, you know, about mm-hmm. the, the problems of collecting it now, but what can she help them with from this point forward? I don't know. Uh, once they run out of the 20 barrels of methylene, that it's they not got, 20. They got a thousand, which if, 50 if it, gallons, that's times 20. Yeah. Oh, is it 20? Okay. Sure, I yeah. thought it was more than that, but yeah, 20, bar- I don't know how long a barrel would last, but that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, um, on the Breaking Bad Insider, they did the math of how much meth that would produce. <laughs> oh, did they? $296 million. Pounds? Oh, dollars. Worth of meth. Holy crap. Street value. So that's right. that's conceivably like a whole year's worth of production or yeah. more. Well, if we were if we're talking Gus numbers, he was making, what, $90 million a year? So Who was? Gus was. I don't. How do you know that? I think Jesse did the calculations when he was saying, "Oh, we're getting shafted or whatever. We're well, only making they're doing, three million. Well, no, I don't know. They're making. I think they're making what two hundred fifty pounds a week. I don't, I'm pulling these numbers on my ass. <laughs> I think you are. I, I'm pretty sure that Jesse said he was making roughly ninety million a year uh, off of the services of Walt and Jesse. Right. So if you look at it that way, that's like three years worth. Right. A little more. So assuming Gus's distribution chain, which they, which they don't have, right? So this is many, many, many years worth, right, of methylene for them. So you know, Jesse's like, you know, we can't really offer because Mike's still wanting to kill her, and it seems like more and more yeah. it's personal. <laughs> it and does. she goes, "Well, she saved us." He goes, "Oh yeah, well, she put a hit on me," mm. and that's when she busts out her ocean of methylene, uh-huh. meth, yeah, meth, methylamine. Uh, then we see an establishing exterior shot of Jesse and Mike, which tells us that we're in, in pretty much in Houston. Yeah, at a metal fabricator. Yeah, South South uh, Texas. Factory. Yep. Uh, and we we cut back to there's a really neat trick little scene where they pan to like from the top story to the bottom to establish yeah. that you're in a ba- this basement of this place. Oh, uh, speaking of cool shots, uh-huh. there are a couple cool shots in this scene where um, they shoot Lydia through the table. Yeah. And we we have some listener comments on this, I think, but basically it looks like prison bars. Yes. As you're seeing Lydia behind them. Yep. And then they also take that same shot and put Mike and Walt behind her. Mm. So <laughs> speculate all you want on that. Right. With Mike and Walt and Lydia all going to prison. Yeah, I don't A s- lot of prison references in this episode, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see Walt going to prison. Neither do I. I don't think that's his, yeah. his path. Especially with the flash forward that we saw at the beginning. Right. It doesn't seem like prison is his right. ultimate end. But clearly, some, symbolically, it's it's nice. Uh, can I also say, everyone in that scene was wearing blue and black, except for Jesse. Well, he's he wearing a bright red shirt. Uh-oh. Uh, and his black leather jacket, but red right. and black. That's the mistake color. That's the mistake color, you'd think. Is this train robbery a mistake? Is that what we're, what we're seeing? Well, apparently so, yeah. I would say. I don't know, but we know that blue is bad, right. according to uh, that that sign up behind Walt right. a couple episodes ago. Uh, and everyone's wearing black, which means they're all criminals, of course. Because hmm. all the criminals wear black. Right. Uh... Moving on, uh, what do you think of the scene with uh, Hank, or uh, I'm sorry, Walt interrogating Lydia by his lonesome? I thought this was some nice the, cold Heisenbergs being served up. Oh yeah, yeah you're familiar with leverage. You, you have, have none. none. Yeah, just really shut her down. Yeah, what's this? And what's this swearing on the life of your kids? That's a good question because Walt refuses to. Walt won't. Is that 
a line that Walt is not willing to cross involving his children. Because we've I, talked I know, about Walt Jr. I know involved. a guy who is an atheist and has what could be described as a vestigal moral code. And the one thing he will not do, like, uh, the one thing that brings him up short is swearing on the lives of his kids. I don't know what the hell's up uh, with that. It, it seems like know. a guy's practice at lying a wall. I think that he. I think he was just a little power tripping there, but it seems yeah. like a guy's practice of lying would, you know. Yeah, I don't know that it seemed like he was unwilling to, just that he saw no reason to. Right. Why go through the charade? Yeah. So, And it's also a way to bring her to heel. Exactly. Yeah. You have none. Uh, so, and this starts the caper part of the episode, and pretty yes. much here it plays out like Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> We get sure. the establishment. What's the goal? It's a tanker car full of methylamine. It's got 24 or 28,000 gallons of, uh, and it's coming through New Mexico. Mike tells us all the problems that, you know, mm-hmm. after post 9-11, all this stuff is tracked. You can't just, you know, uh, there's, there's all this risk and the cops Lydia will be all over. And, she's, and uh, she goes, well, it's in dark territory. There's this dead zone that's like several miles where the tr- the train just disappears and then it comes out of the dead zone and reappears and no there's no cell phone s- no cell phone no railway communication it's hard to believe that's true yeah but according to the breaking bad insider that is legit that there are and in that particular section of rail that they used is legitimately in a dead zone too i can see that i mean railroads go in really desolate areas uh they they really don't need a lot to. to I just feel going, like they know? would run some sort of power through every rail. Well, they they actually have started upgrading it. them so yeah. to where they can do that automatic detection. But a lot of places don't have hmm. that still. I was watching a documentary on history about that. Really? Yeah. Like after this or like? No, before this. Okay, a, a long time ago. It's like what dedication, a few, a few Jim? Ago. No, fuck no. <laughs> Uh, Lyd- I thought it was cle- cute how Lydia expects to be paid for this, and Mike chuckles yeah. like you're 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 still lucky to be breathing, sweetheart. Your life is your pay. Uh, and he reminds everybody that we're going to have to off the crew because he gives this uh, kind of parable that the uh, you know in heist there's guys that get away and there's guys who leave witnesses. Uh-huh. Awesome line by Mike. Yeah, and well, we forgot the best line by Mike. What's that? In the last scene, which is everyone sounds like Meryl Streep with a gun to their head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was awesome, right? Because jesse's like hey, she sounds sincere uh-huh. um which is a good point and so now let's let's gauge the reaction on the room do you think mike wants to kill the two engineers oh yeah mike wants to kill everybody he's got no problem with killing really i yeah. don't i i don't know it seemed like he didn't want to do that i think he was throwing it to walt and saying hey you're gonna have to do this was walt willing to do it I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. For sure, Jesse was not going to do it, right? I don't know. what. No, Jesse's not going to do it. What The conversation that they have when they're panning in on Jesse, they're zooming in. Which we're going to get to. Jesse, there's a, we'll get there's to. a scene here, but go ahead. Who, who was on which side of that? Because uh, I was so focused on Jesse that I missed most of that conversation. So Mike was arguing that we need to go back to old-fashioned pseudo-cook. Uh, uh-huh. Walt yeah. saying, "Well, I hear you're saying that we're going to waste all of our investment and make a pittance just uh-huh. to, you know, keep your guys paid off." Yeah, and you know, Mike's like, "Well, I'm hearing you say you want to steal this methylamine and kill two innocent guys," okay. and that's when Jesse's like, "Yo, then I, then I'm wrong about that. Walt wants to kill the guys, ain't or Mike doesn't." Well, I think 
I don't know my I don't think I don't know that Walt wants to kill them, but I think he was <laughs> definitely going to. Sure, sure. And I also have some interesting some questions to ask about the the end of the episode, but uh so let's talk about Holly and her new life with the traders. Okay. Uh he, here again I think Hank seems to be getting kind of, you know, a, a big kick out of his promotion. Yeah. Uh you know, and I got to say that him and Marie look really good. Yeah. As you know, her godparents, step parents, whatever you want to call it. Do you think this is foreshadowing? Maybe, maybe I don't know. I mean, my prediction is that everyone's going to die. <laughs> so, even Holly. Yeah, even Holly. I think Holly might survive and be taken care of by Hank and Marie. Yeah, it's this it's, scene. I, I can't say it's possible because my theory depends on her not. Uh, living. I don't know why but, they'd spend so much time showing how well this is working out. Yeah, you know? and they've got to be saying uh, Holly. Holly's a cute baby, and she's extreme. It's like un- unreal how good she is. Yeah. Uh, so with, with her eared hat on. What do you make? Oh God, it's so cute. What do you make of Flynn? The return of Flynn. Uh, well, first off, I hope Holly likes purple because she's been wearing a lot of it. Uh, but Flynn, yeah, that's interesting. He now wants to be called Flynn again. Well, do you think so? Do you, cause Seppenwall had the point that he thinks that whenever Walt Jr. is pissed at the old man, mm-hmm. they fall back to the Flynn. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So you think he's angry at Walt and not just Skyler in this case? Yeah, definitely. Right. I, I mean, Walt should have the authority to say, no, he's not leaving the house. I'm, I'm not going to let him. Right. And certainly Walt Jr. is mad about that. Uh, and he, you know, storms out of his bedroom in his sullen teenage way. But I, I can tell you right now why he's sleeping in so late, because Marie's not making breakfast. Right. You put some breakfast on the table, the boy's coming out of his room. Right. I tell you that right now. And, like, she offers to warm up lasagna, nah. and he's like, bacon, bitch. <laughs> We need to break some bacon up here. Yeah, some pancakes, some eggs. So you don't see any foreshadowing here. Anything else we want to talk about the scene? Nah, I'm good. We already talked about the next scene where they're arguing about which the you know Mike wants to go ahead and do this the old fashioned way, round up a bunch of junkies, have them you yeah, know buy the maximum amount of pseudo and do the oh. pseudo cook. And you know we talked about the problems that basically is going to I guess shit can all the nice equipment that they've got. That's a totally different process. Um, and also it's not nearly as profitable. It's like four times less yield. Yeah. Yeah. So Malt's already not satisfied with the money he's making. And you talked about that beautiful camera pan in Jesse yeah. who's playing with the soda straw and, uh-huh. you know, is having like, uh, I'll drink your methylamine. I'll drink it up kind of moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. But, but we have actually a lot of feedback on this scene. Okay. Um, and I guess, jesse and his kind of transformation into the idea guy mm-hmm. Th- this shot i think is a clue as to why jesse's coming up with all the ideas now because mike and walt are busy arguing with each other they're they're just going at each other this whole scene not making any real progress and jesse's there thinking jesse's just ignoring these guys and we can see that visually through this shot the cinematography here shows us that well but i think that you know, people act like Jesse's been an idiot this whole time. And I think that did they not pay attention to the story he told in rehab about the shop teacher that said, you know, if you applied yourself, you could be, yeah. you could do such a much a, a better job. And he did. And he, you made this like wonderful craftsmanship and how awesome it was. 
That's a good point. I think he's always had the makings of kind of greatness, but now he's got the reps where, you know, he's kind of seen what Walt can do and he's thinking outside the box and, you know, he's clean. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. That's what I was going to say. To he's add to your analogy, up every day. The, the problem with his story there was that he gave the box away for drugs. Right. He traded it for drugs. Right. That, to me, tells me that when he's on drugs, he has no potential. When he's yeah. off drugs, he has plenty of potential. And, you know, think about what – it's kind of sad because think about the last time that a child died – during the, yeah. the the drug trade in the full measure episode, yeah, Tomas, uh, he fucking went on a bender. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think that that kind of Jesse is going to have a comeback? Uh, I hope not. Hmm. I mean i I would like to see Jesse get out of this. You know, well, a lot of people are entertained by that version of Jesse. Sure, it is an entertaining character. I don't know if it's entertaining, but because like, it's not entertaining like ha ha, but like uh-huh. you know the scenes of him in that flop house were some of the more riveting ones from last season. Yeah, and sitting in front of that big speaker, uh, just freaking out. Right, that's a memorable. And shot. you know him getting you know going into downward spiral or Jane was very interesting too. Yeah. Uh, so this is a gorgeous episode we talked about, but when they're walking along. Uh, that you know, train track with the setting sun. Oh, before we get to that, oh, I wanted to say, notice how dark Jesse's house is too. Yes, Jesse's house is just as dark as Walt's house. The does that mean anything? light bulb burnout has been spreading? <laughs> it has. Well, what would it mean? When's the last time we saw it brightly lit? Uh, ooh, it's when been they were a looking while. for the rice and cigarette, and you yeah, know, what's, that's true. Yeah. And uh, well, but that was when Andrea was hanging around, and that was in the daytime too, wasn't it? Right, but that's what I'm saying yeah. is like, do you think that's symbolic of the fact that kind of light has left his house? The light has left his life, rather. Uh, he might be onto something there. Hmm. Uh, so we talked about the various cams and how just great, how gorgeous the cinematography is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse gets very excited that it's 108 or 814 feet from the intersection <laughs> to yeah. the bridge. He's all about the feet. I, I think he goes, he, he channels a little bit of like Rocky Balboa when he goes into his evil genius mode. He's like, all right, 1814 uh, 18, feet. This is going to be perfect. I mean, it's like it sounded very Balboa-esque. Balboa-esque, <laughs> All right. I thought. I didn't really notice that. Um, a lot of people kind of – the thing is all this part of the heist, everything involving the heist was so well put together and mm-hmm. moved so quickly that I didn't have time to ask a lot of questions that yeah, in retrospect you know, might have had more problems. But a lot of people had the deals – the the you know a problem with – they established that they need, they didn't know the exact point of the train where the methylamine would be until Lydia gave them that information. Yeah. And do you think that was a sloppy edit where they introduced that scene after or before she actually gave him the call with that manifest? Or Well, there's no information given in that scene. Mm-hmm. The information we get is that she told Mike something. Mm-hmm. She says, I've got it. Well, but that's clear. Okay, she said so, that I'll get them well, as soon as I get the manifest from our computer, and you'll have six hours. Uh-huh. The other thing is they make it. They imply but, that this. But what all, information does that have on it? You know, does it have like the length of the train and which car the methylamine is going to be in and everything? Hmm. Like, or does she already know the length of the train and which car it's going to be in? She just needs to know what time the train's coming through. Oh, like we don't know what information is on the manifest. That's you know? true. That's true. So we we kind of have to give a little leeway there. Um, I get I guess you're right. Now they do make it seem very clear that all this prep takes place in a single day. 
Yeah. Does it seem reasonable that you can get those tanks into position, backhoe that thing up, put them in the ground, cover it up, perfect? In uh, that, I mean, it's, it feels like the time is tight. And again, the way they edited it, I did not have a problem with it, even in subsequent viewings. But I'm just asking because I know a lot of people. It seems like the ones that didn't enjoy the episode were really picking apart the logistics. Yeah, yeah, and it was just breaking their reality. Kind of the way I did it, the uh, magnet, yeah. honestly. Sure, yeah. But in this episode, I, w- I was with you. I was so enthralled by what was going on that I didn't notice those flaws. Uh, but I, I certainly think they could have done it in a day. Right. You know, uh, the, the probably weird thing that I did notice that kind of dawned on me in this scene for the first time is why Heisenberg wears the hat. Heisenberg wears the hat to protect his bald head from the sun. Oh, yeah. That's it. it. I never it, caught it's fry. that. Yeah. I never caught that. He picked up the hat because he shaved his head. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Dude, he definitely wore that as part of the disguise when he's dealing with Tuco. But he was out in the desert with Tuco. Yeah, but it wasn't a purely practical measure. I mean, he wore those dark sunglasses. So so he only wore the the giant dark sunglasses to keep the sun out of his eyes. (laughs) Oh, no. And dark windbreakers are the perfect desert gear. It's like a still suit from Dune, man. Fair enough. It recycles your moisture. What the hell? All right, I'm way off. All right. (laughs) Okay, but in this scene, uh, when they're talking to Todd, Mm -hmm. they're, they're making a very clear point. That no one can ever know about this. Both Jesse and Walt. This next scene. Yeah. Yep. Say no No one other than us can ever know if this robbery went down. Jesse says, got it. Yeah. Walt says, you sure? Right. Todd says, yes, I am mm-hmm. sure. And Todd's a go-getter, like I said two episodes y- yes, ago. Yes, he is. So, so we, we know where that leads now. Do we want to cover the exact... Um, you know, plan as far as they're taking a thousand gallons out, but 920 gallons of water in. Nah, Jesse covers that. Yeah, I feel like that's that's pretty good. And at the, I love it at the end because you know Todd's like, you guys have thought of everything, and Jesse and Walter all smiles. They feel oh, yeah. so fucking smart. <laughs> they do. Ego boost. So after a hard day of ditch digging and tank hiding, uh, Walt comes home and finds Skyler fighting with Flynn through mm-hmm. the door. Uh, Walt decides to play the heavy and tells Junior how it's going to be. Yep. Uh, I got to say, I felt for Junior for the first time since last season when he found his dad beat up and all hopped up Mm. on drugs and, you know, mistaking him for Jesse. I felt really, it seemed like that this RJ Mitt, is it Mitt? What? I forget. I think it's Mitty. Mitty. RJ Mitty. Um, I really felt some pathos from his character because he's just saying, look, I just want a reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. why are you fighting? Why? I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a three-year-old. I'm 16. Like, you know, who cheated on who? What's going on? Why are we? That seems very reasonable. Completely. And, and Walt won't give it to him. Can you imagine if you were like a 17-year-old and you got kicked out of your own house and your parents <laughs> are acting very weird, but they won't mm-hmm. say why this is going on? That would really fuck it, with It would you. be far worse if he lied, if he made up something about Skylar to his son. Wouldn't it? it? I could see Walt doing that at this point. Sure, but I'm saying that this is the kind of thing that might cause a teenager to, yeah, you know, yeah. wrap his car around the telephone pole 120 <laughs> oh, miles an hour. We're back on that theory. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. No, there's. Fair I think enough. this is definitely going bad places. Well, he leaves right after that. And it, this is Hanks, the first right? time that that Walt has really damaged his reputation with the son. Yeah. Uh, other than I guess forcing him to binge drink. No, I think Junior kind of liked that. Really? Because right? afterwards he was like, I kept up. 
Oh yeah, I, I think he thought it was kind of cool of his dad. Okay, all right. Yeah, you, you're probably sick. right. So this is the first time that Walt has really, you know, yeah. played the bad guy because Skyler yeah. has always come off looking like, and I don't think at this point that really she did. She did what? I, th- I think that Walt stood up and he was the bad guy. He didn't make Skyler be that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, I agree. He could have come in there and, like you said, made something up and be like, look, you know how your mother is? She's, like, fucking crazy right now. <laughs> yeah. He could have played that card and he didn't. Definitely. Uh, uh, I really, really, speaking of uh, the cinematography in this episode, I love this shot down the hallway. Oh, yeah. The way that they focus on Skylar and bring it over to Walt and then mm-hmm. Skylar walks out and Walt walks up. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of, like... What happens in the hallways of Serenity on Firefly? Mm. The the stuff that Joss Whedon did with characters coming in and out of frame and right. in and out of focus. I I just I loved it. Yeah, the blocking's really good. Yeah, fantastic. So we I Skylar doesn't love Walt anymore. Is that true or false? Do you think that's a true statement? That is true currently, yes. All right. But Walt will try to change that. Do you think that Walt still loves Skylar? Yeah. What did you make of, because she's like, okay, I'll launder your money and keep your secrets. If you keep the kids out of this, I'll be any kind of partner you want. And Walt made, like, a very interesting-looking face. (laughs) Well, we already know that Walt gets rapey every once in a while. Yeah, he's making, he's making, he's little, I thought he was slavering there a little bit. Like, you know, looking uh his chops, like, what all that entailed. Am I off base there? No, I think you're right. All right. I think there was an implication there. Do you think that he's actually persuaded to her point of view? Like, did she actually score a, a point about, you know, using his own logic and the fact that he was pretty much bragging that someone had a gun to his head and now saying mm-hmm. that there's no way the kids are in danger? I did feel like it it was a blow to him. It hit him a little bit. Hmm. Uh, stung maybe his conscience with his kids. So I, the only thing I'm trying to figure out is like when is if he still loves her and if he does when is a switch going to be thrown to where he decides to reject her because I feel like that's kind of where they're building to and the fact that that hmm. ricin is still in their bedroom man yeah don't forget about that ricin no and the fact that she's smoking and I, mm-hmm. like I said I I don't know am I off base on that certainly not okay certainly not uh so. If you've ever wondered how to shut up Skylar White, apparently the best way to do it is to suggest to her that you're robbing a train. Because she had <laughs> no response whatsoever to that. Well, I, I thought it was a little bitchy for her to jump immediately to, oh, burying bodies in the desert. Huh? <laughs> no, I, no, I'm going to shut that down right now. There's no way Skylar can be too bitchy at this point. That's a good point. All like right. pulling Fair a enough. gun out of her bitch pants and shooting him with a bitch bullet in his bitch head would not be bitchy <laughs> enough, enough. Yeah. right i mean yeah, like she, she can't be i mean i i feel like she's got full lease for me to be as bitchy as she wants to be fair enough fair enough all right uh so uh <laughs> lydia sends in her final manifest mm-hmm. uh we see walt and the other three stooges standing athwart the a uh, little little tiny bridge or whatever you call that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, I was listening to the Insider Cast. There was a deleted scene here 
where Walt is reminiscing about the five most successful bank or uh, train robberies in U.S. history. Huh. And he talked about, like, you know, he's going to go through the history of each one. And, like, I guess the the oh, biggest man. robbery was, like, $76 million. And then he was doing, the, like, his ghetto the mathematician. And he's like, this, if, you know, if we pull this off, would be $296 million of meth. Wow. Like, there, he's, like, putting this into historical perspective. I like that. And it, it harkens back to where he was speaking to the kids at the high school running down the list of plane crashes, mm-hmm. that would have been a really cool scene to see. Yeah, because that's very consistent with this shot. Well, yeah. good news is they say they're going to put it on the Season 5 Blu-rays Sweet. and DVDs. So, Sweet. you know, ball move that, or Amazon.BallMove.com and that <laughs> yep. pre-order now. Sure. Uh, so we see a stalled truck. Uh, Bill Bird jumps out as, you know, returns as uh, Saul's henchman, you know, one half the A-team with Huel. The redheaded DEA or not DEA? Um, uh, what what's what do you call it? The EPA agent? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we all recognize him. Did you recognize him? Because actually, oh, yeah. I, immediately, I did not. Yeah, as soon as he stepped out of that truck, I feel like he's got his hair cut, and you know, I didn't even yeah. notice that he was redheaded. I thought it le- he looked very almost brown. Hair. Yeah, like brownish blonde. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he he did he he ditched a ginger look. Um. Also, I guess James on Facebook says this character's name is Kubi. Kubi, yep. I, how did I not know that? I, they've never said it, I don't think. Oh, really? It's just they, something like on the Breaking Bad wiki? If they have said it, Saul's mentioned it once in passing. Okay. But. Uh, let's talk about the music here. Yeah. It's badass. And awesome. editing is really good. They use this really mm-hmm. jumpy kind of style, and that music with the bass that's kind of like ratcheting up the tension and has the you know kind of strange percussion yeah. that's blending in Sounds with their a lot like the train. industrial noise as they're cranking all this stuff and, and, and spinning it. When they're when they're focused on Walt and Jesse and Todd, the, the music is ratcheted up. But when they go over to Mike and Kubi, everything's very everything muted. comes down. Yeah. It's, it's very mellow. And what? then it ratchets back up. I this is the best Breaking Bad caper. You got to at least give it's it better that, than right? the Magnet by far. Way better than Magnet. Which better? Like this, I think beats them stealing the original methylamine <laughs> yeah, barrel. It does. it does. Um, I can't think of. They didn't lock anybody in an outhouse this time. No, <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so it's great. Um, I also yep. love uh, Bill Burr's work here. Like when he was on the pushing it off the track sequence, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are like there. you know putting their shoulder on and he's starting to like limber up and he's doing these elaborate <laughs> leg stretches <laughs> and then when he finally starts to put his shoulder into it you can tell he's like sandbagging the whole effort yeah uh, you know yeah. I, I just it's great it's very funny uh there are a lot of ways no pun intended that this plan could have gone off the rails sure right? tons of ways we had a lot of people in feedback saying this was a dumb plan because of that reason what did you think did you think this was a, a plan that was likely to work? Well, there's a lot of problems. Let's talk about a couple of them. Okay. Um, you know, first of all, let's talk about the stopping distance for trains. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. I mean, I've I've heard it said that it takes trains miles to stop. Now, that's a fully loaded train. This was not an especially long one. And but it's a train going at speed. It, yeah. I, I didn't feel like this train was going at speed. It had just come around a corner. Yeah, and it's going over that trestle. And it's go- and it's so going over the bridge. So you probably don't just barrel over that. So and you could tell that the speed was low on this train. But still they were going, what do you think? 35, 40 miles an hour? 
It and felt it like they like were the, going more like 20 to me. And it, it felt very low. Oh, see, but it looked like that they had about a foot, three football fields. Yeah, which well, is not no, much for a train. It seemed like they were at the tre- the the trestle when the, they started stopping. So we know they had about 814 feet. feet. Yep. So I guess that's the first problem. Could the tr- uh, train physically stop in that amount of distance? The the way they blocked it, I think maybe. And this this is something we talked about in Walking Dead is the blocking of the shot hmm. leading to the believability of the scenario. Right. I mean, when they when we saw the zombie hordes coming in and Walking Dead and they had blocked it so that uh, we saw nothing in the distance and then all of a sudden tons of zombies, right. they could have blocked it around the corner. Sure, sure. Like this time they did block it around or the corner. Or they could have so had the establishing the shot of the horde coming through the woods and you know uh-huh. then getting sidetracked by the – you know, by the, the, by the road. Yeah. But they did. So in this, they did block it yes. pretty well, where the train is coming around the corner, slowing down. I felt like maybe there was enough time for this thing to stop. Right. Um, so what does go wrong, because there's a couple other things we, I can talk about, um, like the noise. The other thing is a lot of yeah. people, it's like, this is so much noise. But if it's a thousand feet away... And the loudest component is going to be the, the generator, pump. and yeah. it's down in a depression. Yeah, that's true. I kind of buy the fact that you wouldn't hear that over the background. I think you're right. Uh, well, there is no background noise at that point, right? The train is off. Well, but is it really off? Is it off, or is the engine still I would think that going? it would be, because like, trains are loud as hell, too. There's, oh, um, yeah. And this, this particular train... Uh, they talk about an insider cast is kind of like a, a pleasure train. You know, there's a lot of these that, 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 that do Let this. me on. Well, no, like they're, 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 it's an abandoned section of track. It's not really used and they have, you know, a pri- it's privately owned and they basically okay. t- uh, towed diner cars for like, you know, corporate getaways and stuff like that. Hmm. So there's a couple around here. I went on one in Texas during some company junket. Uh, there's one actually in a town across, you know, that, uh, um, I take my son to, they do like, you know, a lot of, they do like a pumpkin patch event where you actually, they, they stop. They run a train through a pumpkin they patch. They do. It's freaking <laughs> awesome. They go through so many pumpkins. But yeah. so, but what, well, well, why was I talking I about I don't know, that? man. You went I, off on a I tangent. just went on a commercial for, uh, <laughs> dining on. Santa Fe Railways. <laughs> Let's get back to the sequence. Oh, the fact that there was uh, noise or something. I don't know. And the other thing that I had a problem with, because I got my, you know, I started one of my first real jobs is I worked at FedEx. Mm. And I remember whenever you sealed up a can and or whenever you sealed up a um, uh, the the back of a a semi truck, they had these non reusable seals. Where you you clamped it over, and there's no way to break that seal without destroying it, and it they were all individually serial yeah. numbered, and you wrote that down in the manifest. These guys popped off seals and then put them right back on. So what the hell? Yeah. What the hell is the point of the seals if they did that? I don't know. They're not putting on new seals. With if they did, it wants, the numbers, numbers aren't going to match the no- manifest unless Lydia, Lydia, Lydia is Lydia fucking has with the numbers, them. Yeah. Yeah, it's I guess that's a good point. I guess that's a that's a very good point. Yeah. So maybe I just answered my own question there. Um, those are the ones I saw a lot: the noise, the mm-hmm. length of the train, uh, lining up with the trestle just precisely, and the not seals having enough and, time because someone comes up behind and pushes you off the tracks. <laughs> right, right. There was that problem. And Mike wanted to bail 
like as soon as this guy pulled onto the scene, Walt insists on keeping going. Walt's crazy. Such a tense scene because the music is just killing you. Jesus, and, and Jesse way- almost got ran over. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, can you imagine if there was even one half of an inch of clearance problem? Yeah. In a train going 10 miles an hour, it's going to probably kill you. It's not going to stop. Like, if certainly. there's a piece of rebar that catches you in the crotch, that's just <laughs> going to rip you. It's the... just going to rip you in half. Yeah. 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 There's no, yeah. That's, that's, it's crazy. I really love the way that they shot this because they shot the guys hitting the switches, they shot mm-hmm. the wheels very slowly starting yes. to turn then they shot the joints between the cars like the the, all the slack to, taking all the back slack up coming through so it felt like there was this chain reaction happening yes. through the cars in yes. the train yes that was very quickly approaching these guys yeah. very tense and walt did not give the guys information about like the first time they were clued <laughs> in that something was wrong was when the whistle started blowing yeah uh that was not very cool not at all <laughs> <laughs> do was you it think, Walt's ego that kept him going? Well, do what you think, was it? Was Jesse aware of Walt pushing the timeline? Because, like, when he first, the train first. Not at first. Really? Because I, I thought, so. like, he kind of had that, you know, realization when the train went over him that surely Walt knew that something was going on because he's in communication with, with Mike. Oh, then, But yeah. then, like, he, he just, for whatever reason, is like bygones because he was, you know, starting up his yeah, bitch. Yeah, he was stoked that they actually pulled it off. Right, his celebratory yeah, bitch. Uh, I, I think, yeah, when he was under the train and it was moving, he definitely knew that Walt knew. Okay. Because him and Mike were in contact. Now, I don't know why they all, all weren't in contact. Yeah, good point. You know, why is Walt giving hand signals when you can just get two more mics? Yeah, and... you can rustle up a backhoe and <laughs> yeah. two giant plastic. And a tanker truck. And all and... that kind of stuff, but you can't go to Radio Shack and get two extra radios. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seems kind of dumb. Uh, so we see the celebration cut short uh, by the kid showing up on his dirt bike. Yeah. Uh, there's some awkward beats. I mean, I, that mm-hmm. felt like a lot longer the first time I watched it. It didn't last even 15 seconds, I don't think, in real time. Yeah, because we were all waiting, what is going to happen? Because we knew, like, I was, I was really expecting them to come up with some slick way of handling that. And yeah. as I was trying to like process it myself, like oh, what are they going to do? Todd just pulls his gun out and shoots him right in the head, just like Mike said earlier in the episode. Yeah, that kid's done. So, and Jesse's anguish. Did you notice Walt's reaction? No. Walt made no like Jesse's like scream no yeah. twice. Which I was looking at him. That's got to be bad news for Todd. Uh-huh. Um, Walt has stood there. He did act like he started when Jet when Todd actually shot him. Mm-hmm. But you contrast his expression with Jesse's. I feel like Walt, you know, probably didn't like the fact that a kid was killed, but accepted the fact that it had to happen or else they were all going to go to jail. And in yeah. his mind, that's not a desirable outcome. Yeah, Walt is definitely more okay with hurting kids. It's very interesting. This must be very interesting in Walt's head at this point, right? What do you mean? Well, he's gone from Mr. Chips to now a guy who's coolly weighing the lives of innocent engineers and children. Yeah. I mean, that's... And yet still saying... I mean, how much of this bullshit that he says to Skylar does he still believe as far as doing it for the family and how you can't question that and all None that? None of it. None of it. You don't he's think he not believe- doing this for the family at all. Yeah, but does he believe that he is? Certainly he thinks there's a portion of him... Okay, there's a portion of his motivation, a very small portion, that is for his family. 
Right. But the, the massive majority of his motivation is ego and money. Well, I got some things to say in the spoiler section that I'll leave for that. Um, All right. Uh, we actually have some pretty good feedback about uh, the director and kids and stuff like well, that we'll get to. Let me ask you this. If yeah. Walt had stopped at the 700-gallon mark, yeah, would that have made a difference? A difference like in if the kid how long a, the kid's been there? Well, just if, like, would the kid have seen anything that he wasn't supposed to see at that point? No. I think I think once – I think that kid is going to see them there. I don't there's think no they would have they'd left. Have, yeah, they wouldn't have buttoned it and gotten all the equipment yeah. out and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that Todd had to shoot him? What if they just – what if they just pulled off the fact that they're doing, like, you know, routine maintenance on the train? Yeah, I think they could have got away with it. I don't know, man. I think Jesse's certainly going to say that. Yeah. But the kid wouldn't have known any better, and he didn't have to shoot him. We do know, beyond all shadow of the doubt, that Todd is definitely not a police officer undercover at this point. We Yes, 100%. Yes. Todd is not that has any been sort of law enforcement. Busted. Completely. That myth, that myth, or that theory has been busted. Yeah, remove that from your brains. Uh, so shall we play the name game? Not yet. No. One last comment. I liked how they put that kid in yellow. He had a yellow shirt. He had a yellow stripe oh. on his helmet. He's a good guy. He's the innocent kid. Oh. You know, yellow is bad, or yellow is good. Which rather. one is it? I thought you said yellow is bad earlier. Yellow is bad. Didn't you? If yellow is bad, then they made a serious mistake putting that kid in yellow. <laughs> well, interestingly, in the first season, that was like Jesse's color, yellow. That's true, yeah. So he, he was still... crazy ski caps with yellow. Right, right. All right, so are we ready to play the name game now? Let's do it. It's Dead Freight. I heard in a podcast that they wanted to call it Dark Territory. But it uh-huh. turns out there's a Steven Seagal movie, <laughs> oh, Under Siege God. 2, Dark Territory. Uh-huh. And where he wouldn't let him. No, that like they that wouldn't have been a problem in and of itself, but the plot of the movie involved, you know, a train robbery using this exact same concept of, you know, dark territory. Oh. I guess that's a real thing. So they're like, well sure. fuck, we'll we'll call it something else. So they came up with dead freight. I mean on obviously it's freight and you yeah, got the kid I, we got the dead. We got cars. Uh, and the fact that, you know, that's a that's a term like dead freight is when you are shipping something that you're not getting paid for or you're that doesn't sh- have anything in it or you're shipping something that has yeah. nothing in it so that also ties into the methylamine the the, the tampered methylamine car yep is there a third one can I, we come up with a third name for the name game no <laughs> i wish we'd playing because i feel like some of these earlier episodes yeah yeah you know we definitely could 51, have 51 i don't stuff. know how we would have pulled three out of that really yeah, maybe not. Hazard Pay, the or Madrigal. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Maybe maybe this wasn't the season to play the name <laughs> game, and that's why we st- didn't. Well, two out of three ain't bad. Uh, so we got an Audible. We're ready to pimp Audible.com. Yeah, do it. Oh, sorry. We're ready to pimp Audible. Yes. Uh, so, again, our sponsor for this podcast is Audible, and they have uh, over 100,000 audiobooks available in their library. And if you go to our link that's special, exclusive to uh, our listeners at audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove, you can try out uh, – you can establish an account and get a free Audible yep. uh, audio book. Yeah, I think it's a free 30-day trial, which gives you a free audio book. Yeah, and Pretty one cool. – uh, I want to pimp out a series that I recently plowed through. It's The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. Mm, you were telling me about that. Yeah, the, the first yeah. book is called Stormfront. So here's the setup. It's basically a a wizard – private eye that's practicing in modern day chicago 
see, I, I'm scared of anything with magic in it. Like not not actually. But it's like scared, it's like so imagine it. imagine like a hard boiled detective. But you said the magic was handled pretty well in this, right? It's very. I mean, it's magic, but it's yeah. it's very reality based. It's not just like yeah. you know. It's it's got it's it's treated like um, you know. There's a, it's like a physical science that most humanity does understand because like wizards okay. have something that's different about their DNA that allows them to harness these energies gotcha Mid- but it's midichlorian but it's funny because no one believe you know that that it's the real world so no one really believes in wizards he advertises himself in the ah. in the yellow pages and he gets like lots of crank calls because like you know sure. a lot of his stuff is he like finds people's keys and <laughs> pets and awesome. stuff like that because he can use his little tracking spells and stuff uh-huh. but he also fights like these giant evil things and it's, it's just like Sweet. it's a really it's a very cool series, like in the way yeah. Indiana Jones is cool. For example, in one of the books, in the climax, there's like these necromancers. They're taking over the city, and they're raising this army of zombies. And uh, uh, Dresden's answer to that was he goes to the Chicago Fields Museum of Natural History. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, in the foyer of that uh, fine facility, they have the largest T-Rex skeleton. <laughs> Uh, and most complete, yeah. He, he gets his zombie T Rex out nice, and unleashes nice. it. So there's and there's two just types read the audiobook. There's two types of no no no. This that happens. I'm just trying to get people enticed. And there's two types gotcha. of people. There's the type of people like that's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh-huh. And then there's the other type that's like that's so cool. Tell me more. Yeah yeah. If you're that type of person, you also probably uh, recognize the narrator of the audiobook, which is uh james marsters who was the star he he played spike one of the vampires from buffy the vampire slayer ah so this is geeky as hell and it's my <laughs> audible recommendation if you want to check it out cool. audible podcast.com slash bald move nice i think we have sponsored enough erd we have <laughs> whatever uh ready for feedback let's do it do it we got a ton of it we had this has to be the most feedback we've ever had. How many had. pages did you have before you edited it? I don't I didn't count. Oh, you bastard. But the first edit had me at 10 pages of feedback. Ooh, which is so, too many. Which is too many. So I had to make a second run through. <laughs> first time I've had to do that. So, brutal cuts here. I apologize if I didn't read your email. Uh I will try to respond to you. These are sometime. dust cuts. Box cutter they, cuts. They are. Uh all right, let's get started. Winter from California says has some comment a comment about lydia's name because we got lydia's whole name this episode we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't say that lydia rodart quail right and she says what a pretentious name <laughs> I, I agree i was wondering if this is an anagram for anything do you think she's related to indiana's own senator dan and and former vice president dan quail i don't think so <laughs> i really don't no, she doesn't seem that stupid. Uh, she did like, in, in 504, she liked the crickets at the dinner party. She says those were a nice, tr- nice touch. And she was surprised how quickly the show became Skylar versus Walt Showdown. I wasn't expecting it to be honest, so I'm really excited about it. I'd like to... I would now like to throw my support behind the prediction that Skylar kills Walt, because I would too. Yeah. Like I said, that's, so, that would be just... It'd be justifiably bitchy if she kills yeah. Walt at this point. Uh, what did you think about the sudden the sudden Walt versus Skyler shift of this season? Uh, it's been because a long it did time coming. Pretty quickly, right? It's been a long time coming. Yeah, I, I think and so. I still the other thing I just don't understand is why Skyler is choosing to do this rather than you know 
go right to the police. Uh, it's for the sake of... We actually have some feedback. It's like the that. old we'll animated shorts. If, if Woody had only gone to the authorities, <laughs> none yeah. of this would have ever happened. Uh-huh. Uh, Stacy H. writes in, Since Walt Jr. is staying at Hank's, seems like a good time for him to mention to Hank that Walt once called him Jesse. I have no idea how this can come out in a natural way. Uh, she also says there are only 12 episodes left of the entire series, and I will be surprised and a bit disappointed if Hank does not find out something by the end of these final four. Hmm. What do you think about that? I, you to find out? I, I, again, I'm going to stick to my guns from last episode and say that the arc they put Hank on is he's going to be kind of put on the back burner. And it, it will, like, I think one of the cliffhangers of this season is going to be him making that connection. Which is going All to right. cause Walt to go in hiding, and we're going to, you know. Did we say, did we announce that it's going to be a year between? No, but uh, Betsy Brant, I think, uh, Brant, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she tweeted today that, yeah, that, that they're going to basically start re-airing the new season in July of 2013. So we got a year wow. off after these next four weeks. That's brutal. These next three weeks. So we're, we're back to season one territory with seven episodes, seven, eight yeah. episodes. Yep, yep. Ouch. Uh, Malcolm E. writes in, uh, he wants to know when was this sad birthday hand job scene that everyone keeps talking about. That was in the pilot. I've heard that maybe that that scene was edited or cut from the Netflix version, just oh, like no. the just like the boobs, the naked boobs were Man, cut. Man, they're gonna destroy this ep- this series, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. Why does Netflix edit anything? I don't know. I don't understand that, and I don't even know if that's true because that was a seemingly pivotal scene. Well, I I've guess heard maybe Netflix not. Netflix edits a lot of stuff. Actually. Do they? But why? Yeah, I don't know. They're they're not under like FCC control. Or I anything. wouldn't think so. Uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, it was in the pilot. Uh, Mike says, uh, he actually sent me an email of some dude with bugged out eyes. I don't know. This was in regards to the banjo eyes. We were talking about what that meant. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and I actually looked it up on Wiktionary Mm -hmm. because I have no idea what banjo eyes were. And it says, banjo eyes are wide open eyes as being, as from being surprised or startled. (laughs) So... That that would seem to that lend, would that would describe Lydia de- definitely, but that would also make if Hank is calling her that that would make him suspicious of her, right? No, she could Obviously. just be like if she's just wide eyed and shocked, like you know that doesn't imply oh, guilt. Okay. I think, yeah, surprise. I don't, I don't think. Ian B says, "Do you do you think Gus Pass will come into play?" When I did a rewatch before the new season, I felt there was an emphasis on his Cuban background and also uh, how the DEA would find no trace of his roots. Huh. Do you think that's going to come back into play in season five? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they have time to do I it. I don't think so honestly. either. Uh, if we're going to deal with Mike and Hank and Walt and Jesse, they, there has that been, seems like the rest of the I, series. I, I, and Skyler. They are, that, but I thought that there was like a confirmed uh, Gus flashback, either this episode or this season or next. Oh, spoiler city our main cast <laughs> is, is that a spoiler i don't know because i haven't heard that so oh uh, you might be right about that yeah i th- i thought we already talked about that maybe that was a in in this place so i i apologize so. well it's not really a spoiler we don't know what what it's all about you know? right right uh so that's that jason says you mentioned that skylar had a slight smile as she was floating underwater in the pool 
I'm pretty sure the whole thing was purely a ploy to get Hank and Marie to take the kids. Yes, she walked over to the pool in the first place to get away from Walt and his bullshit sentimentality, but then as she stared into the water, the idea came to her. Right. So that's that's my question for you. Do you think the pool incident was all part of her plan to get the kids out of the house? Yes. Yeah. I think that that... I don't think she planned it, like, any further ahead than... Uh, I can't take Walt talking anymore. I'm going to, you know, go over here and like, oh, yeah, I could just act. I, I, I felt like that it. was very much her fugue, her fugue state. Yeah. I, I just think like, you're right. I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to try something so audacious uh-huh. and then use that mental breakdown to excuse something that I've been wanting to do. Just like yeah. Walt used it to excuse his absence and all that other stuff. So Yeah, we, we got a couple of emails about that. and. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they basically persuaded me that that is correct. Okay. I, I think that was part of her plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan K says, I'm listening to your podcast for episode 51, and you're talking about whether or not Walt's cancer will come back. Uh, you never brought up the fact that in the cold opening for the premiere, Walt is in the washroom coughing and popping pills. He'll definitely have cancer on his 52nd birthday and in the final moments of the show. We actually have some info on we whether did, or not we his did cancer talk is going to be that, back. Right. Um, <laughs> But I'm gonna, I'm saving that for the spoiler section because okay. it is a little spoilery. All right. Um, so Evan K, we will get to that. Aaron T says, "I was listening to the 51 podcast, and you said that you don't think air testing was possible. Well, he works at Ford Motor Company as a security supervisor, and we have a handheld air monitoring tool. We use it to test um, for testing the air in uh, confined spaces. Tool tests for carbon monoxide and other gases that can be harmful to humans." So it is possible to test the air. My problem with testing the air was not, can you test air? My problem was, can you test air outside after it's already been wafted away by the wind? Yeah, 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 yeah. Will there be enough? Like, if anything, maybe the soil they could test? Right. Like, that would be more likely for me. Not that, but, like, we know that there's contaminants present inside the house yes. i mean there's poison the so, confined spaces is not an issue it's yeah like the, if, the if someone had that gauge right outside the house would it say like would it go like cooking meth detector or would it just be like <laughs> bad shit detector and people like well yeah hell yeah i mean that's my yeah. question or, or the time frame well how long does the chemical stay in the air yeah because i don't think they vent that often or that long i think that's yeah. just a, like a, a single part of the procedure and anyway right. i don't know but yeah, they clearly can, they can Walt's not there. worried about it. Definitely not. Bill R. On Breaking Bad, wouldn't the homeowners become suspicious when they get a large power bill during the time their house was vacant for fumigation? Well, didn't they didn't they talk about that? That that's like that. Oh, did that they? the blowers? That there's these large blowers mm-hmm. and the equipment takes up a lot of right. Huh. And I don't know that the equipment is that power. I mean, do we know that the, the equipment's that power intensive? Uh, yeah, we do. Um. I mean, it was an issue at. They, and, and they keep said in mind they were looking for that, a place that had plenty of power, you know. Right, but keep in mind that they're also not making the scales of meth that they were at Gus's lab. Oh, they're that's, only making that's true. like a fifth of what they're making. So you'd think that that maybe would scale. And their equipment's not nearly as big as a super lab. Not even close. It's like a very scaled down version. So yeah. fits in your dining room. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, how much power would it take to th- so for someone to be like, you know, if like I. You know, my power bill is $120, say, and I come back from bug bombing and it's 180 Would I be like, you know, I don't know that that would really raise my eyebrows, and that's a 50% jump. Yeah, yeah. So. Eh, fair enough. Uh, so Aaron P. has 
a pretty interesting comment about uh, characters and their deaths. She says, a listener commented that we haven't seen anyone central to the storyline die. This is something that I seriously hate about the majority of drama slash thriller TV shows. A friend of mine and I were arguing about the ability to connect with or get on the side of characters in Breaking Bad versus Game of Thrones. He claimed that because a major character dies in the first season, oh, sorry, spoilers for Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't a major feel, character dies in every season, so it's not that big a spoiler. Uh, you don't feel as committed to the characters, but I couldn't disagree more. There's something irritating about the first four seasons of Breaking Bad in that you know Walt's not going to die of cancer or be killed by Tuco or in the desert with Gus. He's just not. Yeah, the show but must go on. We don't know that about almost everyone else involved. That's like, true. Like a, I, we, we sweated genuine bullets about Jesse. Yeah, uh, la- yeah, various points in last season, and they so. killed kids. I mean, they, the fact right. that they've killed kids uh, to me says no holds bar. Yeah, hardly any show's got the balls to kill off major characters like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can think of yeah, Game of Thrones as one of the only ones. Like even The Wire. Well, that's our problem. Yeah, even The Wire. Most of the quote unquote heroes were safe throughout the whole. You know, it's not like you know Bunker McNulty got whacked. Sure. Yeah. And like one, you know, one of the hero cops got shot, but she didn't die, and she was yeah, back yeah. next season. So it's like, you know, not a lot of shows Is, kill their their you? stars. Does no. that bother you in shows? Then I would hate every every piece. You know, I would you hate would. every almost every fiction in Hollywood. Game of Thrones is pleasantly surprising in that no one is safe. I think the tension comes more from Walt being caught. You, we know he's not going to die. Yeah. But is he going to get caught? Yeah, yeah. I'll buy that. I'll that's, buy that. That's the tension here. I'll buy that. Uh, Terry from California says, listen to your coverage of season five, episode four. After hearing you talk about why do why you thought Skylar walked into the pool, I just need to chime in. Uh, this is another one that says basically she did it to get the kids out of the house. Okay. Uh, don't need to read the whole thing. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> Sorry for not reading your old email. Uh, Mike T, a couple interesting Hank observations this week. First, people have mentioned that if Hank ever sees the Heisenberg hat, he will put two and two together. Walt retrieves his hat from the Pontiac Aztec in this episode, but remember, Hank was in the car when Walt crashed it. Thus, so implying, one could conclude that Hank would have already seen the hat, or it would, could have been underneath the floor, you know the the seat. Like it doesn't doesn't mean it was in plain view. It might also, not have been plain view, but do you think Walt your has, your conjecture Hank that Hank has seen the Heisenberg sketch apparently is false? Yes, so, we have email on that that I'll get to. All right, because yeah. so if that's the case, then I don't know that it's a dead giveaway that that pork pie hat. I don't know that like you know that that Hank yeah, would automatically yeah. be like you're fucking, you know. You're, well, the guy says we know he's old and bald. That's right, it. right, right, you right. Know? Like fifty to seventy. So that's that's definitely Walt. Um, Matt says, great show. That's all he says. No. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I I just spoke with – he spoke with John Delancey at the Las Vegas Star Trek convention. Nice. And he asked if his character would be returning to Breaking Bad for the last season, and he said no. (laughs) Unless he comes back as – oh, oh, that's right, because we didn't – we asked – we don't know that he's dead. Yeah, he shot himself in the head apparently, but we don't know Which is not always fatal. That's true. That's very true. Uh, likely fatal though. Bethany, not necessarily. There's a, the surprisingly large amount of your head you can shoot and that not be fatal. <laughs> Have you seen the show that they're showing on HBO right now called what? Live? No. Where it's, it's a Russian roulette. Uh, it's it's got oh Eva, Eva Mendez and she's putting on. She's a TV executive who's putting on a Russian roulette 
I want to stop the podcast right now and start watching it. That sounds it. badass. It was pretty cool. All right. I liked it. I'm in. Uh, anyway, Bethany writes in, a few episodes ago, you guys mentioned Walt driving the Volvo after he kills Gus and kind of taking on some of his mannerisms. Walt seems to take away a little souvenir of each of the people he directly or indirectly murders. Uh, for instance, he starts cutting off the corners of his toast like Crazy 8. He's seen reading Walt Whitman after he kills Gale, mm-hmm. or after he has Gale killed. Yep. Uh, I feel pretty certain that there are more similarities with other deaths and that I'd like to see if anyone else has caught on to that. He's like Rogue from the X-Men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's taking their <laughs> he powers. He absorbs their powers and, and personalities. So crazy power was no crust on his sandwich. <laughs> That's the lamest power. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if you don't like crust in your bread, that could be hell- that could be handy. That's true. Yeah, you get in the right restaurant. And he's Clearly, Gail's power is reciting Walt Whitman. I mean, that's, and, Yeah, and that's, karaoke. Yeah, that, that'll be in season six. Sure, the sure. Season five point B or whatever the hell they're calling it. <laughs> Uh, I think this guy's name is Toad. Is that what he calls him from Florida? Uh, says the reason we assume that Walt is in the ABQ at Denny's, we, we had some people questioning that last mm-hmm. time, uh, is because the gun dealer that sells him the 50 caliber is the same that sold him the snub 38. I don't think that's a 50 caliber, but it's an M60. Um, it's not 50 cal. That's a huge gun. I think, I thought... I thought that M60 was a 50 caliber. M60 is a 50 caliber weapon? You keep talking, and I will look it up. All right, look it up. I thought it fires the BMGs. But yeah, that, that's a good reason for assuming that he's in the ABQ, because, you know, that guy was in the ABQ. So, mm-hmm. And I don't know if he makes house calls to other states. Uh, moving on to feedback for this week, because that was a lot nope, of feedback for last it's, week. Uh, it fires uh, NATO rounds, 7.62s. Huh, Okay. Uh, Jordan from Washington says, In Dead Freight, I couldn't help but notice the camera shot looking up through some bars at Lydia. And I kind of mentioned this. Sorry for stealing your thunder, Jordan. Uh, but he saw it too. Uh, sure, we saw it. And he'll mention it on the show. We'll mention it on the show. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he thought he'd mention it anyways, and he thinks it's symbolizing Lydia going to prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, his official prediction for Breaking Bad is that Jesse's last word will be bitch. And if it's not, <laughs> this show stands no chance of being considered the greatest of all time. I don't know that that's true. <laughs> I don't just think... see Jesse laying on the floor, dying, bitch. It's funny, though, because, like, Whitlock was losing his shit about about this episode. He compared this to uh, the moment where... The Where's Wallace moment in The Wire. No, 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 no. No. What do you mean, no, is no, it, no? He loved this episode? He yes. thought it was brilliant? Yes. He said no, it's this like, is half of what Crawl Space is. Half. Yeah. Crawl Space is the culmination of an entire season, and it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. This is nowhere near Crawl Space. All right. Uh, Natalie writes in, just for fun, I looked up the symbolism of tarantulas. You want to know about this? Yeah, I do. Okay. So, tarantula, I don't know where she looked this up, but uh, tarantula has the ability to shed the outer skin. She puts in parentheses masks and transform. Uh, creativity, spinning a web to entrap enemies. Defense of territory, intimidation by size, use of environment to conceal oneself. Does that sound like anybody to you? Yes. Sounds a lot like the, the three amigos. Yep. Three stooges. I like it. Cool. Like I said, I think I feel like there's a little bit, you know, the spider in the glass has more meaning than just, you know, a cool hobby this kid could be doing. Definitely. So. Definitely. No, there's, they don't show anything just for the sake of showing it. Right. 
Uh, Jay Buck writes in, I'm sure that you heard the movie reference this episode when Hank mentions the movie Heat on Blu-ray, uh, which Sony owns Blu-ray, so I thought it was funny that Sony Pictures is making Breaking Bad and mentioning Blu-rays. Oh, I don't think any of that. Like, you know, the fact that they show Scar- a clip of Scarface during Mob Week on AMC, and then they <laughs> exactly. followed up with the, you know, blue- mention of the Heat Blu-ray. Yeah, I... Definitely. I mean, they got to pay the bills just like we do, so... That's true. That's true. Uh, he says, fantastic movie, which I am sure you know, of course, it references the heist in the episode, but also to me, I think of Hank Al Pacino and Walt Robert De Niro. Mm. Also, when you look up the movie on IMDb, the description of the movie says this, a group of professional bank robbers start to feel the heat from police when they unknowingly leave a clue at their latest heist. Would that be the boy that Todd shot or something else? What do you that think? is going to bring down. I mean, that's worth. Uh, so that's going to bring down a shitload of heat. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a whole missing child search over mm-hmm. this entire area of desert that they did this heist in. And Definitely. how in the world are they going? I mean, I almost wonder if the methylamine is going to be just lost at this point. Because how can they risk going back and getting it? Yeah, that's a good question. They don't have that tanker truck with them, so they can't cart it off immediately. No, it'll be very interesting to see. You know, maybe they'll just sweep it under the rug and they'll excuse it of like, well, I mean, we I don't know. We'll have to see you next week because I guess if next week happens immediately after this week and they, you know, because it's going to take a while for the kid to be noticed. It takes like at least yeah. 24. So they might be like, and we Jesse, got 24 hours yeah. to get this shit out of here. And Jesse's so. not going to let them not deal with it. Right. You know, this is going to be foremost in Jesse's mind. Right, right. So uh, loyal listener Luke writes in also with a comment about heat. Says he saw Heat a while ago, but from what I remember, it's a movie about a heist where the new guy kills someone without permission. Yep. Which ultimately leads to the downfall of the main character. Yep. I think this is interesting because that same scenario played out in this episode. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a long time since I saw Heat, Was and that that's the basically Va- all I remember is that about the Val- it. Is that the Val Kilmer dude? Uh, that's, I don't know. I don't, because like it's, it's been 10 time. years since I've seen it. <laughs> Easily, yeah. Uh, apparently, these guys have seen it more recently. Mm-hmm. Justin408, uh, he actually, I, I have to give a couple of shout-outs here because Justin correctly predicted last week via email that Todd would kill someone this episode. So, kudos to you. And Andrew Toby on Twitter also absolutely called it immediately after the opening shot with the spider mm-hmm. and the kid. He said, yeah, that kid's dead. And he's uh, going to stumble on the train. While we're passing that credit, I want to give a shout to Tim from Facebook who said... Uh, she called that Lydia, he called that Lydia did not put the tracking devices on the barrel on the grounds that she didn't have time between cutting the power and Jesse arriving. And yeah. she would have had to use the forklift, which she, you know, cause it was up high, which she didn't, uh, didn't have any knowledge of doing. I, we apologize for calling bullshit on your theory. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because we did last week. So Tim Langley, you, uh, like your namesake in the CIA's facility at Langley <laughs> had no. intelligence on this episode far outstripping our own. Very much so. Uh, Dan in the UK. Firstly, here's my best guess at answers to questions that came up in last week's podcast and elsewhere. Why doesn't Skyler inform on Walt? Yep. Uh, he, he got says, a good reason? He says it's because her children would find out what he and she have done and would spend a lifetime dealing with the emotional fallout and the social stigma. Much better to wait for him to die and they can remember good old dad. Yeah, but that's, that's the whole reason at the at this point, isn't it? I except for she's in mortal terror of the children being killed. Yeah, like do you know what's worse and, than them growing up with stigma? 
them dying. <laughs> That's true. And getting them out of the house into Hank and Marie's house, I, I'm going to steal this, I think, from another listener who wrote in. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'd like to give you credit. You know who you are. I don't. <laughs> uh, said that Hank and Marie's house is no safer. Just last season, they were worried about a hit on Hank. Yeah, and uh, I feel like it's way... Because they were worried about that, but it turns out there was no reason to worry about that. That, that well, I believe was. it's way safer to stay at a fucking DEA agent's house. Well, we know that Gus is gone, and he was the one who was trying to kill Hank. Mm-hmm. Or the, the cousins were. The cousins were, and, were. Yeah, right. So they're all gone. Right. Not a problem anymore. Right. But no, I, I, yeah, I, to say? No, I feel like that it's, you're going to be safer at a DEA agent's house because most criminals have an averse, you know, ha- ha- have an avert, have, they, they're shy about killing cops because that brings down the hammer. The heat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here, we also asked, why is Jesse still in the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan says, because like Walt, uh, it makes him feel important and it's exciting. Other than a drug dealer, what identity does he really have? Also, if he did want to quit, Walt would change his mind somehow without too much trouble. Maybe. I don't agree. I don't know that gives him enough credit. And he had at least like, you know, $150,000, $200,000 at least. Yeah, he had, he had plenty of money. And he had a good girl and, you know, a, a kid. But where does Jesse go after this? What does Jesse do? Well, he's got a paid-for house, cook. 150 grand. He could go to co- he, he he could, could li- go to school. Yeah. He could live debt-free for years. He could go to school. He could do whatever the hell he wanted to. Really? Yeah, but he I wish I had 150. I wish I had 150 grand to do. He's a wood. He's a carpenter. He's gonna go the. <laughs> He's, he's going to buy a bunch of woodworking He's going to go the Harrison Ford route and be Carpenter <laughs> in Hollywood, get cast in the re-remake of Star Wars, and there nice. the rest is history. All right. Good enough. <laughs> uh, he also has some other thoughts. Uh, Walt now seems to want to show Junior what he's become, wearing the Heisenberg hat in front of him, etc. Yes. I feel his two lives are inevitably on a collision course now. Uh, I think yes. they've been crashing into each other for Walt would love to be able to show Junior how just how cool his old man is. Definitely, I can, that definitely eats at him. Uh, so he also has a meta reason for not thinking that Gomez is a corrupt DEA agent. Okay, uh, he says besides Villigan saying that they're not going to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he he also says if if he too were a criminal, uh, the show would be dangerously close to having a message that I'm sure it doesn't want. In the fact that he's the only significant non-criminal Hispanic character, so he doesn't—he <laughs> he thinks I don't want to racially profile people. Okay, okay, fair enough. That leaves Merkert. He's gonna <laughs> yeah, be the big bad. He's of the season. dirty one. He's gonna be the big bad of season six. Because white guys can be as dirty as you want. No oh yeah, problem. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just make those white guys horrible, right. horrible dudes. Maybe he's secretly a Nazi. There you go. Yeah, uh, Sandy in Seattle. <laughs> Well, I seem to be in the minority over on Facebook where I posted. Uh, I'll also email you, me, Jim, in case you need a differing point of view for the podcast. Um, This whole season felt weird to me um, and a little far-fetched, but last night took the cake. I felt like I was watching some cheesy action movie. Since when did Jesse become so smart that he has some brilliant idea every other episode? And I found it hard to believe that Lydia really could know everything that she spouted off. Mm-hmm. And that whole heist went way too perfectly. Mm-hmm. How did they know to do all that and what tools to bring? How did those engineers not hear all that commotion down the track? And the way Jesse and Walt explained to Todd how it was going to work 
felt way too forced. And uh-huh. pretty much every dialogue, every line of dialogue between Walt and Skylar sounds cheesy and stupid. Uh, how long does Skylar think she can play this game and have someone raising her kids before they start asking what the fuck? Plus, the ever-darkening white household is depressing the hell out of me. I get it. Walt is dark. Now turn some damn lights on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of my other favorite shows is Dexter. It's already gone the same way. I hope uh, Breaking Bad doesn't do the same by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like... yeah, she with, didn't seem with, like them. With su- subjective material, there's always going to be people that don't like even awesome stuff. Like you don't really, you don't really like The Wire, do you? No, I think there are some genuinely awesome moments in The Wire. Okay, but you're and like some, some awesome. You don't, seasons. you don't see it like as hands down better than like Breaking Bad and and, and Mad Men. No, no, I don't. Which to me is hard <laughs> to understand. So it's sure. like you know, I know you're it's not more an, realistic. I know I you're not an idiot. So I have do to put you? that in my do pipe. Do you know that? No, so I have to put that in my pipe and smoke it, you know? Like, okay, I got to roll the fact that you're not a complete idiot and we have a difference of opinion. So, like, I'm yeah. cool with people not liking where Breaking Bad is going. Me too. I, I and I, to I like was, everything everyone else And does. I have got my guard fully up because it's very rare for people to be involved in this kind of thing to finish it in a satisfied fashion. But yeah. I got to say... After my, they have really got me back on board in the last four episodes after a brief, and, and I'm actually starting to come around on the flash forward. Like that I might, I, I think it was a smart move that might come around and be really well done. Yeah. So good. All right. Fair enough. It, yeah. Like you said, it's not everybody's cup of tea. You know? Right. Every episode can't, can't do every, the same thing for everybody. Right. Uh, Jeff from Virginia says, not not sure about you guys uh, after watching season five, episode five. Does anyone else have a problem with the direction the writers are taking Jesse? I love the scene where they capture Jesse's light bulb moment and quickly cut to commercial. However, please remind me what episode it was when Jesse went back to school and received his Ph.D. The show has apparently only elapsed a year, and yet Jesse has gone from the vocabulary of a middle schooler and bringing Cheetos to a marathon. Met- I think those were actually Funyuns, weren't they? Yeah, they were Funyuns. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet in a matter of weeks, comes up with the magnet idea and the idea for the train heist. Not only has he come up with two massive plans that have been pulled off with general ease, but these first five episodes don't line up to what we saw in the past. Am I missing something? What do you think about Jesse's character evolution? <sighs> well, I think it's like a, tr- a common trope when you have a character take a level of badass, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what Jesse's done. And we did talk about it a little bit. And also, he didn't episode, have the you know? idea for the magnet. He said, "What about magnets, yo?" Yeah, and yeah. then that had the that clued the adults in the room to come up with a plan and all that kind of stuff. So, but this, yeah, yes, this he did come he up start adult. and finish. But again, we've seen him. I, I feel like they've really progressed. They they showed that thing where you know if he applies himself, he can do something yeah. really good. And when the magna idea, the fact that he ra- basically is the one that figured out how to get all this equipment into the uh, ah, breakdown cases and how point. it could be fabricated. I mean, I feel like. Jesse's really got a good handle on practical details. Like he, yeah. you know, might he's not a great chemist, but you don't have to be a great chemist to. He's a pretty good chemist now. He's now a, isn't he making that's stuff true. that's as he, good as Gale's? Uh, nearly yes, it's yeah. Gale quality, not quite Walt quality. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that the show for G- Christ for in five seasons has earned that transformation. I think you're right. Uh, it's and I he's think not, his point he's is not, that it's only been a year in Showtime. 
Right. And if, if he was building a battery out of spare parts, like, you know, really MacGyvering stuff the way, but he's not. Yeah. I mean, he just really thought outside the box on this plan. Yeah. So. All right. And they got a crew now. I mean, that's the other thing. They've got, you know, you put all of Walt's organization together and you're talking going on like 15 people at this point. Mm-hmm. All the guys in the junkyard, all the guys at Vominos, all of Saul's contacts, all of yeah. Mike's contacts are Mike's still at nine large. Guys. Well, I mean, but they're they're are, most of them of are in prison. But yeah, Mike still yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm liabilities. S- I'm just saying that you they've got an organization that's got some muscle now. So true. You know, it's not like Jesse had to do all this himself. Yeah, definitely. So. He just came up with the idea. Uh, Nick S. From and he's Baltimore. clean. Don't forget the fact he's clean. He's clean. That is very important, I think, for Jesse. Uh, Nick S. from Baltimore uh, has a question about how people can actually like Skylar. Uh, I'm strictly talking about her, not Walt or Mike or anyone else. Skylar as a person sucks. She constantly says that all she wants is the children to be safe. And after that, she doesn't care about what happens to Walt or her. Okay, that's great. Yet she refuses to go to the police. Going to the police ensures her children's safety. Ensures her escaping from being a hostage under Walt. Her worst case scenario, if she goes to the police, is that she would lose the children. She would have to do a witness protection program. The children would be safe, and she has been trying to get rid of them anyway. Hank would surely look favorably upon her and say that she acted under duress for most of the way. The fact that she sticks around shows that she, deep down, wants to be in the mix of all this. She's a hypocrite, and like last week, I still hate her. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm not. I'm... I... I can see why people can hate Skyler, but I don't at this point. <laughs> and right. I don't understand. Look, that's different from saying I don't understand why she's playing the game the way she's playing it. Okay. But hate her? No. No, I don't hate her. Yeah. I think she's been thrust into a horrible situation. Yes. Uh, she's certainly done some horrible things of her own. I mean, tax evasion with Ted and cheating well, on Walt. led to him just being paralyzed. and Yeah. Yeah. Pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, Nick S. is actually the guy that I stole the... The comment about Hank and Marie's house being safe. Gotcha. From uh, Tom says, the Heisenberg drawing never left Mexico. You have it confused with the other wanted posters in the DEA office of Tuco and Victor. All the DEA knows is that Heisenberg is old and bald. Yep. Yep. So that's consensus on Facebook too, because people went yeah. back and watched ep- rewatched episodes. Like, whoa, oh, this is a shit we don't have time to do. Yeah. Harness the power of the listeners. Yeah. That's that's why they're there. You guys help us a lot. Uh, John in Portland says, I personally love the teaser episode. Uh, the teaser this episode. He's talking about the spider. Oh, the, well. The kid. What? The, the, the opening of this episode. Oh, oh okay. He calls gotcha. it a teaser, but it's the cold the open. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in the desert away from everyone else, so that was me. I was totally that kid growing up, carrying random boxes or jars to put lizards, snakes, tarantulas, and frogs in. Additionally, as a young adventurer, I'd stroll upon some questionably shady things out in the middle of nowhere away from city limits. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, kind of shady says, things. I, I'm, I my know. mind is a fire right now. Uh, RVs in the middle of the desert with broken <laughs> generators. So, uh-huh. uh, uh, <laughs> he also says, as soon as it was revealed that Tom would help them with the heist, I got the impression he would prove to be both ruthless and appealing to Walt. I get the feeling that Walt will start enjoying the no-nonsense, non-questioning aspect of Todd, and he'll start pushing Jesse more and more to the side. Or Walt will continue to encourage the terrible behavior in Todd, driving Jesse's conscience to overpower his loyalty to Walt, causing Jesse to cause some drastic or to take some drastic, though maybe unsuccessful measures. Do uh, I don't think Todd's long for the world. And I think, no, you think, think Jesse's going to take him out. 
I think Walt's going to cut him. I here's how I see it going down. I think Walt's going to cut him loose. He's going to like totally, even though. Ah, I'm going to say that's that, dangerous for him. Uh, why? Because you cut Todd loose. What's he going to do? No, gonna... kill him. Oh, I think you may cut him loose as in fire. Right? Like, like he's going to go. Like you're right. He's a loose cannon. We, he shouldn't have done. Even though Walt approved of it, but that's going to be. He's going to use him as a camouflage by denouncing. Todd, it's going to keep him in Jesse's good graces. Gotcha. Whereas if he'd be like, look, Jesse, it had to be done, uh-huh. Jesse could flip on him. Yeah. Which I don't know from Walt's perspective why he's afraid of that at this point, but... I don't know. They have some weird... Like Mike says, what yeah. is it with you guys? Yeah. There's a connection. Between There's them. no need for either one of you to to rely on each other, but you've got this sick connection, so whatever. They enjoy each other. Uh, Josh P. from Kansas City. Uh, speaking of which, sign up for Google Fiber because you can get gigabit internet down there in Kansas City. Dang. That's freaking awesome. Uh, he, he sent in a really long email. I couldn't read it all, but here's a couple chunks of it. Uh, <laughs> God, guys, this is it. This is the death that brings about the chain of events that eventually ends Walt's short-lived reign as the king of his own drug empire. Could be. The, the death of this motorcycle-riding kid is the very first time a truly innocent character has died. And as a direct result of Walt and Jesse's actions yes. and in their presence. Yes. Very good point. Uh, the plane crash killed innocent people, but it was the death of Jane, which Walt didn't prevent, and Jane's dad's grief that caused the crash. Walt failed to save, or Walt failed to act to save a drug user slash extortionist, and that inaction eventually led to the innocent lives lost. Uh, this kid died in the presence of Walt and Jesse while they played Jesse James. Yeah, and while they were acting like Jesse, James. this is going to be heat like they've never experienced before. Is my prediction? Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, completely different than when they killed Gail. Uh, and that's assuming uh, that and he says yeah. or blowing up Uncle Uncle. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle uh-huh. Tio. Uncle Tio. Pretty good. Um, he he doesn't think that Uncle Squared Jesse will turn on Walt yet. Uh, he'll have to see that Walt accepts this murder, like you were saying earlier. Um, and he'll have to be convinced that Walt is irredeemable. Yeah, I think anybody rooting for Jesse to turn on Walt this season is probably needs to take their foot off the gas. You think? Yeah. Uh, what are you considering this season? Because I consider the rest of the series this season. No, that's stupid. No. <laughs> Next, With a year break? July 2013 season is season... Well, fuck them. <laughs> like, this, that's right. that's stupid. Like, okay, I'd have bought that if it was, you know, the this, this season 5.1, 5.2 stuff, if it would yeah, come out three month. months from now. But if mm-hmm. it premieres... A year from the this season premiering, that's yeah. another season. Is this just a, I a don't bid know. to collect more Emmys? Is that what's going that, on here? That's part of it. It's another way to sell more Blu-rays because Definitely. that's the way they're going to pa- be packaged. Sure. Um, and you know they're not going to give, give you discounts because <laughs> there's eight of them. And it's another way to get advertising because, like I said, five casts ago, their largest audience is always, always, always a season premiere. Can I just say here that I feel like AMC is going overboard a little bit with some of their marketing tactics? I'm not happy about it. I, I'm not happy with a lot of the but stuff it's the they're way... doing with Dish. Can, okay, so I was watching uh, – while I'm watching this episode, I think everybody saw the same thing. There's a Hell on Wheels preview okay. for next episode that, that runs its entirety. See the Hell on Wheels, AMC, everything. It fades down. It cuts to black. Then it cuts back. To another Hell on Wheels screen that then shows Dish Network, the Dish Network logo, in a red circle with a line through it. 
said, and then they say not available on Dish. Uh huh. It's a little petty. I mean, I understand the first couple weeks of it. Well, but you're a smart businessman, Jim. Do you understand show. the concept of leverage? Dish has none. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> they have to take whatever AMC gives them. That is true, but I feel like their tactics are getting a little dirty, eh. uh, especially when they're pushing previews off into small town security. That's not I'm, cool. I, I hate that show. People are people hate it, but it's working. Is it? I never watched the previews. I don't either because I can see it the next day on YouTube. But I'm That's saying true. there's a. I've gotten enough. Video. I've got enough people saying that they hate having to walk, suffer through the first fifteen minutes of small town security. <laughs> yeah, and that's the kind of show that, like, honestly, I feel it's a Jersey Shore that, like, if you just watched it once, you would probably get kind of hooked because it's just a it's, train it's, wreck. It's, it, it is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I watched enough to be like, okay, I can see where they're going with this, and it could be very. I think Jersey Shore is a perfect comparison. No one watches Jersey Shore because it's awesome and life affirming, no. or anything like that. They watch Jersey Shore to feel good about themselves, mm-hmm. watching idiots fail spectacularly and completely misunderstand their lot in life. So, all right, we got to move on. We yes, got, we are running very long, and we have plenty of emails left. Uh, oh Tom in Detroit says, "Much has been made about uh, online about the validity of Lydia's character." A common opinion seems to be that she is little more than a cheap plot device used to solve Walt and Jesse's problems in a convenient way. Not sure I 100% agree with that, but I've read some pretty convincing cases for a character being cheap and lazy. Wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. Is Lydia a legitimate and believable character? Um, before you comment on that, okay. I'd like to read JJ from Chattanooga's points about her, because uh, he does make some interesting points. Uh, he says, there must be a very interesting backstory to Lydia. From what we currently know about her, I cannot see any reason why she would have been involved with Gus in the drug trade. Mm-hmm. She has a high-paying job running the Houston operations of Madrigal. This is evident by the fact that the DEA came to her office before arresting the warehouse foreman. Also, her office was very high-end. She is wealthy, evidenced by her house. Uh, she is far too easily stressed to choose to supplement her income by undertaking illegal activity. I agree. She would only be involved with the drug trade if something in her past forced her into the trade. Uh, so what do you think about Lydia's character? Do you like her as a character? I know you said you were coming around on her a little bit this episode. That's what I said. Yeah. So so <laughs> you, you don't think she's just there to convenience Walt and Jesse? Uh, like, we need another source of methylamine. Let's throw in this character. But it makes sense. She was part of the old Gus Empire and sure. their connection for the methylamine. So it's like, why... I mean, that's like saying Walt having cancer was just an excuse to get him to cook meth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That it's is true. the anatomy of the plot that moves it. I mean. You don't feel like it's too contrived. You feel like it's natural within the plot. Yeah. Especially I since I she's. It'd be, I think it would only be contrived if she was some fully formed, ultra slick badass. I kind of enjoy, in retrospect, yeah. how inept she and paranoid she is and how. <laughs> The other thing I'm starting to enjoy is the irony of her wanting to put a hit out on Mike, yet balking at, at getting killed herself. Sure, yeah. Right? She's so quick to kill Mike. Which is like, has Mike rolling his eyes like, can you <laughs> really? You put a hit out on me, moron. So yeah, yeah I, I enjoy her character. I yeah. like it. And again, there are things that there's the connective tissue that moves the plot along, and I, I don't. I and mean, her accent. Did you really awesome. want them to spend six episodes looking for a methylamine hookup? No. Or would you no. rather see they, them they rob a train that. and kill a kid? Uh, 
Well, you might have wanted to see the kid die. <laughs> Not I. Uh, Corinne writes in, when Walt and Jesse were proudly explaining their plan to Todd, uh, when he was filling the underground containers with water, Jesse makes a point to tell Todd that robbing the train is a big deal and no one other than can know what the robbery, uh, know that the robbery went down. Then repeats, nobody got it. So we kind of talked about this. Um, uh, to me, this all makes sense when Todd shoots the kid. I think Todd thought that Walt and Jesse were telling him that making sure no one knows about this robbery is his job. Todd was impressed with how thorough Walt and Jesse were, and I think Todd wanted to impress them by showing them that he is thorough in his tasks, too. They made it clear he needs to make sure no one knows about this, and he did. Yeah, I mean, that uh, all so makes that, sense. That, yeah, she, let, I she think lays that out you, a good point you, there. You've got to be an idiot, though, when the boss who you know is screaming no 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 <laughs> and you still uh-huh. continue to shoot the kid in the face i feel like that now was, I, was jesse yes sir or no sir <laughs> right no yeah. i i feel like that was a slight problem that they should you know god i'm i'm, and I'm nitpicking but like if i'd rather him been like half out of a like no as the he shoots mm-hmm. him but the way they cut it and edited it 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 just seemed like Todd is a kind of little mouth breathing moron, you know, that he can't, you know, like Jesse can look just like, dude, what the hell? I said no. Yeah, yeah. I said you hear me no, screaming no, in your ear? no, you know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It seemed like Jesse should have yelled maybe a little bit later. Right. After he shot the kid. Right. Yeah. It's like, who's oh, working well. for who here? Uh, J.H. writes in, when Lydia says to Walt, assuming you're the brilliant chemist, uh, he actually, these are just a couple of observations about the episode, which Mm -hmm. I liked. Uh, When Lydia says to Walt, assuming you're the brilliant chemist that everyone's talking about, the show takes a beat and lets Walt tap his fingers, savoring the ego stroke. I like that. Uh, When Hank is bottle feeding Holly, he's wearing a gray shirt and a tie, both atypical. Gray is usually the transitional color. So that leads a little, lends a little credence to your idea that this is foreshadowing mm-hmm. uh, with them having the kid. Uh, right as Hank Walt- doesn't look good in the suit. He needs to stick to the bowling shirts. <laughs> Fair enough. He always looks like nothing. He's like he's trying to wear an off-suit rack, and he needs a tailor. Yeah. Uh, right as Walt Jr. is leaving his room, Holly speaks. Did you catch this? What? Yeah, she reaches up to Marie and says, Mama. Get the fuck Mama, out. Mama, Mama, which goes unnoticed. Get the fuck out. I didn't notice that. It went unnoticed by me, too. Huh. Uh, he goes on. When the camera zooms in on Mike and Walt during their argument, they and Jesse are all wearing black shirts differently. Mike's is loose, comfortable. Walt's is tight, despite his recent weight loss. Jesse is actually wearing a black jacket. Yeah, interesting. That, that kind of, I think, describes Mike's personality a little bit more than Walt's. Uh-huh. Walt's is very uptight. Mike kind of rolls with punches. Uh, he says it was funny when Walt called Skyler paranoid and for having watched too many movies, considering how heavy the allusions to movies have been this season. Sure. Uh, and he also says he worked in the shipping industry. Dead freight typically refers to, con- refers to container trucks or rail cars that return empty from a shipment rather than getting refilled. So we're, uh, we mentioned that. Crystal Shep writes in, says, Walt's injuries after his intentional car accident last season, he had a bandage on his nose that eventually got smaller and finally went away at the start of the season. In 504, he cut his head shaving. We saw him with a Band-Aid afterward and a shot of uh, shot of it in 505 when he's bugging Hank's office. Is there some kind of theme here that I'm not seeing? Do you think there's anything with the the injuries? You want to you go on a dead man's brew 
branch here. Uh, you go think out on the that first weak as, thin branch. As <laughs> you're reading that, the first thing I thought is Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Uh huh. With the with band-aid. a bandaid at the back of a skull, yep. and like there's a neck. lot of really weird fan theories about that. Is means he doesn't have a soul, huh. and that the briefcase contains his soul, and he's trying to get it back the whole movie. So if the Villigan is aware of those fan theories and he does seem to be a student of film and is doing a sly little commentary on that but that's reaching in my opinion that's a gangster movie maybe he's drawing from that too yeah he does seem to be drawing a lot a lot from a lot of episode basically goes down like heat right well this episode is a this this episode we didn't mention it this episode is straight up western yeah, from the filmography, from the Jesse cinematography, James. from them, you know, the mm. the long establishing shots of them on the rail to the freaking train robbery. I mean, yep. that's something right out of Firefly and right out of a yeah, you know, spaghetti western. So, uh, really quick, I wanted to give uh, Shane a shout out from inconsiderateprick.blogspot.com because he actually has some insider info on the rail industry on his blog this week. So hmm. go there and check it out. Uh, sorry, I don't have time to read your email. That's it. That was a uh, shitload of email, and I, we're running way long. I got a couple things real quick. Oh, no. Uh, I just want to mention Dr. Barry Goodman from MadrigalElectromotive.com. Had a nice take. Uh, why they use a big gravel truck to stop the train? Just have Huel fall asleep on the track. It'd take more than a good Samaritan <laughs> to move him off. Yeah, you uh, can't get him out of a doorway. You're not going to get him no. off the track. Uh Michael P. wrote in, said, Mike warned us all in hazard pay. This barrel of methylamine is free. The next one's going to cost big. This oh. is clearly the beginning of the end. We all remember what happened last time an episode ended with a child on two wheels being killed. Jesse's going to freak out. The next 20 are going to cost big. J.J. Uh, Johnson predicts that Walter will endanger a family member and then heroically rescue them as a way of winning Skylar's affection. As I a had plot. cut that email, but yes. Oh, okay, like okay. It. So, um, I could see Walt doing that. Then finally, uh, to tie this together, the Jesse James point, George S. wrote in another minor point, but there have been many Jesse James references this season. Mike's remark in the train robbery Jesse James was murdered by a member of his own crew, the young Robert Ford, who at first saw Jesse as his hero but grew up to hate him. Knowing the Villigan's affinity for Western themes, I believe this is a strong hint that Jesse will end up shooting Walt in the back, and he will die face down in the desert. Just like the music video, as you predicted. Yes. With his Heisenberg hat and all. Yep. His bald head. And now I'm, I'm actually feeling really good about that prediction again. No, he's got hair at the, the start of next season. The start of next half a season. I'm feeling good about that prediction. <laughs> Fair enough. That's it, man. we got to stop this cast. It's almost an hour and 50. Yes, I agree. It's long ass, and we still got a spoiler section. I agree. Uh, real so, quick uh, on the self pimping, if you'd like to send us email, uh, maybe take the week off. No, <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to take the week, like to send us an email, send it at breakinggood at baldmove.com. You can also keep up with our burgeoning discussion on facebook.com slash baldmove. We're getting like 120 comments per yeah. episode now, and. Uh, really smart takes in in real time. It's good stuff. I love it. I'm live tweeting and live tweeting are, at yeah. Bald Move on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to get more positive reviews on iTunes. We've clawed our way up into like the top twenty of yeah, the man. What's Hot section. And you guys, like, we've gotten a hundred new reviews since this season started. Just 
five episodes ago. That's spectacular. Yeah, I am shocked by the response this season. Uh, I love you guys. Thank right. you so much for the support. Yeah, that that is what builds us our traffic, and and you know, yeah. iTunes is by far the biggest. You know, the 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 way uh, we get the, the word out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, share stuff on fa- Facebook and with your friends. We love that too. Tell a friend, and also, uh, you know, we've got a. A sponsor, but it's not a huge sponsor. And again, if you can help us fill in the blanks or the gaps in our uh, our podcasting fundraising with our, our Amazon affiliate link, again, yeah, you know, I'm not saying we're, we're bu- no Adam Carolla. Yeah, I'm not saying you know, give us free money. But if you buy stuff on Amazon anyway, it'd really help us out if you used Amazon.BallMove.com. Costs you nothing. It just gives a little bit of love our way. Yeah, and who doesn't want a little bit of love their way? I don't know. Walt. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> Walt does not need love anymore. All right, we're cutting this shit off. <laughs> Are we doing a spoiler section? We got to. We okay. have three emails. Uh, oh, wow. Th- that's Holy it. Holy shit, this is going <laughs> to be a two-hour cast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. back with the spoiler section let's go ahead and run the preview for next week let's run that preview on the next episode of amc's breaking bad that whack job shot a kid is that how we do business now i threw three separate tales all dea and i've already decided i'm out what's this about the kids not being safe safe from what are we in the meth business or the money business? Neither. I'm in the empire business. For a longer look at the next episode of... Who said that? Are, are we, we in the, in the meth, meth business or the money-making business? are we in the business? podcast business? <laughs> Who Neither. said that? Uh, Jesse, I think. Really? That yeah. S- sounded like Jesse. Sound a little off from Jesse. Uh, so let's talk about the very beginning of this. Okay. The digging up of the body or the burying of the body. Which do you think it is? I don't know, man. It looks like digging up to me. But it also looks like it's Jesse doing it. So yeah. I'm, I wonder if that's like a nightmare sequence. It might be. It um, might be. You know, something he's having a hard time dealing with. I'm wondering if it's, uh, you know, like I, I, it almost looked like he's in the back of a truck, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I, that's the only thing that makes sense is a dream sequence because I can't figure why else Jesse would want to dig him up. Well, <laughs> apparently he's not going to be too pissed at Todd because he and Todd are seen standing next to each other talking. Yeah, but you don't know how tense that's, you know, if, if you know, that's that's Jesse. Is that the scene where Todd dies? Maybe. <laughs> it could be. You don't know. Fair enough. Uh, what else was good in that? Uh, I mean, we see Walt the Empire, obviously like, in the Empire business. Talking about the, the Empire business, that was very, you know, that 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 is the true Heisenberg there. That's not, yeah. that's no talk about the family and helping it out. He's wanting to build an empire just because he can. Yeah, yeah. What happened? I'm doing this all for the family. Yeah, and I want to I know how Jesse reacts to that, too. Yeah. Uh, also, question. Mike, you know, we see him sitting on his little park bench and he's getting tailed by DEA agents. He wants out. Uh, uh-huh. The title we know is Buy Out. So, how at this how stage. How do you buy Mike out? Because the legacy costs are what's going to kill you. 
the distribution chain where does where does all the meth go once mike leaves yeah well i'm saying is like not only that but how do you keep them from getting you know from from sure. turning state's evidence on on you i don't know uh it, enigmatically uh, vince gilligan on the insider podcast gave a hint for this week's episode uh-huh. um he said the hint is electricity that's it electricity <laughs> what the hell uh i don't know is someone gonna get electrocuted electricity i don't know what that means i don't either that's is this uh, the only thing is this is this dead zone not as dead as we were led to believe oh no what if it was what if it was uh wired for you know they didn't know about it could be i'm just making shit up now sure uh why don't we get the emails okay uh we had a couple people write in about this um Winter from California and also a listener named Moldy mm-hmm. uh, says, a bit of spoilers, I just read the Rolling Stone cover article with Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, and Brian talks about the flash-forward scene a bit, where he asked Billigan for more information uh, when they were filming this, and here's some of what he said. Uh, Brian Cranston asks, am I alone? Billigan says, yes. Um, he also asks, why am I coming back to Albuquerque? So we know he's in Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, Milligan says, because you need to protect someone. So that M60 is not for a bloody rampage. It's to protect someone. Well, it may be for a bloody rampage also. With the goal of protecting someone. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, He also asked Milligan if the cancer is back. And Milligan says enigmatically, possibly. Oh, great. Yeah. He says nothing on that. No definite answer there. Uh, so interesting so, so tidbits there. He's he's got to be if he's coming back to protect somebody. It's got to be Jesse, right? You would think so, yeah. I or a kid, one of his kids. One of his kids. That's the only way. How can he protect one of his kids with a machine gun at this point? I don't know. Not at this point. I can't see it. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be Jesse. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I really I don't have any idea how this is all going to play out, and it's kind of exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I haven't foreseen like Lost. Everyone was talking about, you know, how it's all well, and, purgatory. And, and we're and looking at to be that. episode seven supposed to be the next like batshit insane episode. Oh, okay. And it's called Everybody Wins. I think everybody's gonna lose in that episode. Right? <laughs> Honestly. Right? Well, yeah. I mean that's interesting because like there's no ever there's never any happy endings in Breaking Bad. No, that's ironically titled. Anytime someone gets any sometimes there's a personal triumph. There's also the gut punch that goes with it. Yeah, you know it's like Walt triumphs over Gus, but he, he endangered loses his family. he endangered a child to do it. And yes, that that alienated him from his family. You know, yep. Um, he can't ever get his hands around everything. Definitely. So everybody wins. It's got to be an ironically titled. Have we have we got the final episode leaked yet? No, no, that's still not. They did change the name of one of the episodes to say my name, but we have a comment from Luke R. about that. Uh, but first, Aaron P. Uh, writes in, this might border on spoileriness, but I don't know if you guys had a chance to check out the panel from San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con this year. thought it was overall really entertaining, gave some insight into the season. Also, Dean Norris in cosplay, so there's that. <laughs> uh, we can actually post that picture. I have it. So Cool. Uh, one of the things that Villigan and Cranston touch on is the issue of Todd. Apparently, he's either a dirty, no, he's not dirty, or an idiot who talks too much. Maybe that. But he definitely has a big impact on this operation and not in a good way. 
Can't imagine that he will be the downfall or the downfall of Je- Walt, Jesse, and Mike because he feels that feels too anticlimactic to have some random dude come in at the end and ruin everything. But I could see him being catalyst for one of the barn burner episodes this half of the season. Uh, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't like it if Todd was the ultimate downfall of Walt. I think Jesse or Mike or Hank needs to be that. Okay. Uh, and finally, Lucar says, "Oh, one more small thing." The IMDb page for this season changed the name of episode seven from Everybody Wins to Say My Name. Really? So, yeah, that name has been changed. Oh, shit. Uh, sounds kind of creepy. I hope that's not another gross sex or rape scene with Walt and Skyler. That's the only thing I could picture. Walt tells Skyler to say his name while they do their business. I hope I'm not alone on that. Yeah, I don't want another rape scene. Not another. No. Too many rape scenes. I will say that the creep the Walt creepiness level has stabilized. Has leveled off in the past few weeks. <laughs> has it? Yeah. I mean it was just last week he was rubbing shoulders with this woman and things were getting creepy. I, I don't I don't recall that. I think last that she was two, she two episodes ago. It was when she was catatonic and unresponsive. I mean last week she mm, finally yeah. let her claws out a little bit and fought back. That's true. And that scene was great. They talked about a lot in the insider cast that I finally got to listen to after my feed refreshed about how that was basically intended to be a static scene of Dennis sitting and like, you know, Walt towering over her, but they then shot it as almost like a dance where like she'd retreat huh. to corner of the room and yeah. Walt would stalk after her and then she would duck out underneath him and retreat to another corner. And it's like he was just pers- relentlessly pursuing her verbally and physically. And I, like I said, that scene just worked. Yeah, it worked really well. That's it. We're steering down the barrel of a two-hour episode. Yes. So let's cut this shit off. Uh, That's it. I'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye.